0: hello and welcome to another episode of the uncommon energy podcast on this week's episode we'll be talking about the end of the pokemon trading card game online era that's right ptcgo's servers have shut down you can still transfer your account up to live which you should do as the full release of that will be coming out later this week we'll talk about that and what that may or may not look like. (laughs) Um, We'll go over the results of the tournaments this past weekend and how they affect the upcoming Fresno Regional Championships, the last regional championships of this season, which are taking place this weekend. Both Azul and I will be there. We'll, of course, have guests. That Flavor Text, everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. And we'll close out this episode by chatting about Paldea Evolved, the new expansion set to release this friday the cards won't be legal for fresno cards have to be released officially for two weeks before they're legal for tournament play but they will be available to play right away on tcg live so azul and i will talk about some of the cards we're most excited for things we're going to be trying out and what current decks get better get worse all those type of things and more um but before we get into this week's episode we do have an announcement Our Patreon is officially live. We talked about it last week on the podcast and it is now officially live. Tons of people have already signed up, shown their support. We've got a few different tiers available. Um, And this week will be the first week that we're doing the little 30 minute bonus episode at the end of the cast as well. And I are both super excited about this already. Thanks so much to everyone who has already signed up. And if you're interested, there will be a link in the description of the YouTube video and over on the podcasting platforms. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a long intro this week as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry. Uh yeah. Super excited. The Patreon's live. Go check it out. Appreciate the support that you've all been showing to us. Um, uh, so if you want to support us further, you can. Uh you have a way to do it over there. So yeah, we just got done with uh, Milwaukee Regionals, just got back a couple days ago. I'm a little bit tired so uh, from that. Uh, thankfully, my sleep schedule was like still really good. Sometimes it's a little bit off when I get back from the East Coast, or I guess it's not quite East Coast, Midwest. Um, that might be why it's
0: not as off as it usually is.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe that extra hour. You're only two hours difference. instead of three hours ahead. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I fell right back into my uh, sleep schedule and everything like that, so it was pretty nice. But yeah, I got top four over in Milwaukee, uh, which is nice. You know, to got to that third. You know, getting to the winning in the last two events was still solid. Like getting to the winning in is good. I uh, got to a third winning in uh, this time around. This time I did get the win to then be able to ID to two rounds in a row. So I was like 11 and two. And then I did the next two rounds uh, hit grant on the last round. So we just both ID our way into cut. And then I hit grant in top eight. And uh, even though I did finally lose, I finally lost a grant in Swiss actually in day one. It's the first time I've ever lost a grant at a, Major tournament. Yeah, you guys have a long um, history.
0: You've played multiple times over the years, but also multiple times in like super high stakes matches. And you, I think going into this weekend, didn't you have like an 08 and one, or Grant had like an 08 and one record against you or something like that?
1: It was 08 and one or 07 and one. Yeah. We already played twice uh this season already. We played twice at Salt Lake City, where we played on the winning in uh, once again. And we ended up tying. And then I beat Grant in top eight at Salt Lake City. Once again, we played, we played our, our the, th- the time, the first time we played was in day one in round eight. We were both six and one, so we were both basically locked up for day two or pretty close, especially if we just kind of wanted to be, if we want to ID our last round, it would be fine. And Graham beat me there, put me at six and two. I played out my last round. My opponent uh, did want to ID, but I played it out. I did beat them, so I got into day two at seven and two, which is definitely a big game changer compared to six to one. So that was like a pretty big buff to work with, thankfully. Um, So that was nice. And then, yeah, hit Grant, uh, I guess three times throughout the whole tournament. We ID'd again. So now our record is like 1 8 and 2. My record against Grant <laughs> is like 1 8 and 2. Or, you, no, and yours is we... eight, 8 1 and 2. Oh, 8 1 and 2. 8 yeah, 1 yeah. and 2. Yeah. I'm uh, used to so talking got... to Grant about his <laughs>
0: record against you because it, yeah. bother, it bothers him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I got, got the dub there. And then I played against Caleb in top four. We we're all on one side of the bracket, which really kind of stunk. Uh, that we couldn't separate a little bit so it would have been nice to have at least one of us on the other side of the bracket so we could have pushed for uh, a squad finals but ended up coming a little bit short in top four to Caleb I don't think I played that perfectly but the way actually the game is played out I don't know if it actually mattered like I don't think I played super super well that series against Caleb my, I was pretty fried at that point and then like playing mm-hmm. on uh, playing on stage is definitely like another level like I don't think I get nervous playing on stage which is another level like sh- like there's the lights Uh, it's a little bit less comfortable to play on stage. The judges are constantly reminding you to clean up your discard pile and clean up your loss zone and all that stuff. Um, So it's definitely like another level of stress and just uncomfortability to play on the stage, especially that late in the tournament. Like when I played on stage on day one or day two against my ride on, it was like kind of whatever. But um, in the top four match, it was definitely- Might have something uh, to do with the matchup there. (laughs) Yeah, and it was mirror match. um, So it was a little bit exhausting by the time I got to top four. Uh, But lost her to Caleb. But, uh, yeah, pretty good showing from the squad overall. We had three people, uh, three players with the same 60, of course. This, my squad always plays the same 60 in top eight. Uh, and then Danny lost the winning in. so we almost had four. Um, and, I, yeah, I finally got some some extra championship points because if I had not, if I just made, like, another top 16, I would have gotten zero CP. So I got 40 championship points from getting the top four. I think 40. I don't actually know how many it is, but some.
0: Got some points. Replacing a previous top 16 finish. Yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations, Azul. Top four is obviously awesome. Caleb made it to the finals, was not able to close it out, unfortunately. Um, But we'll talk about the results from the tournament in just a moment. Um, Like we talked about last week on the podcast, I also played in Milwaukee. I played the same 60 um, as Azul and the rest of his crew. And, yeah, played the same Kyogre 60. Deck was really good, but I unfortunately did not make it into day two. I went five, two, and two, which is still an okay result, but I'm honestly pretty disappointed i was prepping a lot i felt pretty decent about my chances to make uh day two at this one but um i don't I, i'm okay like i feel fine with the way i played um and i'm not denying that i could have made some mistakes along the way that maybe caused me to tie a game i should have won or lose a game i should have won but i think overall when i've gone back and thought about it i don't really like i really always try to be objective and like analyze where i think i could have done something maybe better or different or left myself with a different wind condition. And I don't really think there was anything I could have done differently, but um, I won five. And then my two losses, one was to a sablezard, which is the one that was in round eight that knocked me out of day two contention. Um, it was just a loss zone mirror where um, we've only played two games in the game. I went uh, second I, I was choosing to go second in the Zone mirror all weekend. There was a little bit of a point of contention in our group about what was better first or second. And I still think the jury's maybe a little out on what's correct, but close. it is close, but I was choosing second and um, I whiffed the turn one attack. And if you ever, if you go second and with the turn one attack, then it's just like,
1: you're in trouble <laughs> yeah you're
0: in big big trouble and it's sables are too so they have a few more tricks and stuff and they're a little more tooled to like they have more sable eye they have more clara generally right so yeah it, it honestly feels like it's a little tough there um but i did beat a different Sablesard earlier in the day lost to that one in round eight then my other loss was to a kyogre lost box mirror um he uh i, I kind of dead drew I, it, it was just one of those series where I, the deck didn't make it easier for me. I'm not saying I like didn't make a mistake that cost me a game along the way here. I think game three, there was nothing I could have done. It was like open ogre, no risk going second, you know, (laughs) type thing. Um, and, but the first game I maybe could have won if I had played around the possibility of him having bosses orders. I like benched a Raikou super early on thinking it'd be okay to seal stone. And I maybe had to anyway, but he did play boss. It was, it was pretty much like, uh, I knew it wasn't going to be exactly the same as R60 because he had Beach cord in the deck, but um, there was the boss in there. Uh, so he's probably just playing like less energy recycler, I would imagine. Um, and then I won game two and I actually went for a pretty cool play where uh, he I didn't get Mana Fee quickly and he was able to KO two Comfies with Greninja on like turn two but because of that i knew my bench was going to be able to be limited so i went for kind of a cool play where at the end of the game i was able to uh because he lost owned his Dragonite, i was able to just like attack with raikou have greninja on my bench and then bench manaphy that turn so he couldn't rope and kyogre my uh raikou and i basically like checkmated him a turn early which was kind of cool um But yeah, other than that, and then I tied two Lugias, the the bad one that I I talked about this. They interviewed me on the stream yesterday or uh, on Sunday in Milwaukee. So if you've already heard this, I'm sorry. But (laughs) um, I tied a Lugia that I would have beaten if we had more time. uh, And I also would have beaten in time if Cragalanch had not milled both of my energy recyclers out of a seven-card deck. I just (laughs) needed one of the two. He hit both of them but I still would have won because he yeah, had was out of energies to retreat. So I sable Sableye and then I just Sableye for four turns and clear his board um, and take my last four prizes, but wasn't enough time. So we tied, which was, that was definitely a bummer there. And I scooped game two pretty quickly on that one. So I don't even think there was like, Maybe I could have made a decision or two or quicker in game three or something. I guess, but I don't know. Overall, pretty happy. Obviously, the deck is busted. Uh, as three of you guys <laughs> made top eight, and Danny lost the winning end. So yeah, ogre BDIF currently. It's pretty sick.
1: Yeah, definitely pretty good. Yeah, the list we didn't, we didn't change anything from the list as well. For uh, anyone who didn't know, we changed zero cards from Hartford to to Milwaukee because uh, we felt like it was just like it was just good. Everything was ran smooth. Uh, we feel like we definitely could have done better at Hartford. like me specifically for sure i was like i definitely made quite a few mistakes and even like this tournament i actually really felt even though like this was my deepest run in a little while um i guess i maybe felt it in the other tournaments a little bit as well but this tournament more so than most i really felt the maybe because i went deeper i played more games in one tournament Mm -hmm. but i really felt the impact of like like basically testing zero games right yeah, um, and like me playing a couple of games the night before the tournament is not going to change anything if you don't have an idea of anything to change. But like, kind of not grinding games on PTCGO or PTCG Live at all, uh, doing content stuff beforehand, or even just like try hard the best quality of testing is like try hard testing uh, against one of your testing partners. Uh, but kind of, I I haven't done that kind of stuff for years now, um just because I don't have the time to right between like the content stuff. But I really felt that this tournament where it's like for me to like kind of get to probably like peak performance i'd have to be able to do that but i don't think i'll ever actually be able to have the time to do that consistently throughout a year like for some tournaments i definitely do have the time to do that like yeah CIC, you grind really
0: hard for the like ICs and stuff it yeah feels
1: like. but it's pretty much just because like we try and get to the ICs on like monday or even a little bit before then so we're there for like four or five days before the tournament happens um so we're grinding pokemon so but yeah besides that there's not really many tournaments that i actually grind games for. i definitely felt it in my gameplay like there was definitely uh i learned a lot about couple of the matchups and stuff that I can apply to like the future of course or like throughout the tournament I was able to apply but um which I guess it's still like not bad though right top four when I feeling like you know the fact that I play zero try hard games of testing (laughs) I felt like I could uh could still get that far it's still not bad but um we have pretty successful weekend overall for the squad
0: yeah, one more thing before we get into the episode that I did. I, I guess we're twelve minutes in, so we're in the episode. But <laughs> one other thing I wanted to mention, I want to give a shout out to one of my students, Cal, because he went seven and O in the juniors division with Maridon of all things. <laughs> was super sick. I was super stoked for him to go on a deep run with the deck. He he didn't even try to go seven and O. Is the thing. It was like he got to round six and he offered the uh, he was five and oh he offered the id to his opponent or i think that round he got down paired and had to play or or his opponent felt like they had to play maybe is what it was I feel like
1: the the parents even in the parents and juniors usually they're the ones who actually know the kids have no clue it's like i'm just i'm just here to play pokemon i don't know if i should id or not the parents like you should id this round yeah well, can i do with you id ask them to id the parents that yeah. the ones are like steering the juniors into when to id or when to play it out yeah and it's funny um, too because
0: i was like standing over there with his dad <laughs> before like the pairings for the last round like i was waiting on my pairing for our round seven like i'm still alive in the tournament right yeah and he's like well you just like stand over just a second and like <laughs> let's make sure that it because his uh i coach cal's brother as well jesse and um uh they, they were like trying to make sure like what he could was able to do because he was five and one going into the last round. But yeah, um but yeah, and then Cal <laughs> he was six and oh in the last round and his opponent was five and one and could have ID'd to just get into cut. And Cal offered him the ID and his opponent said, Nope, I want to play. And then Cal just beat him.
1: Seven <laughs> <laughs> with the Mariah. On. It
0: was so sick. He did lose in top four, but still an awesome run. Uh yeah, proud of those kids. They're they're crushing it, but Yeah, let's get into our episode here, Azul. And we're starting off on a bit of a somber note. There has been a loss in our family, and our family being the Pokemon community, and that loss being the Pokemon trading card game online. The servers have bit the dust. Servers are offline. Thank you for playing. The final message from Direwolf Digital, the developers of the game, it's a sad day, but uh, it's a sad day for the Pokemon community as well.
1: Yeah, you never really thought that this would be like, uh, man, I wish it wasn't leaving. You'd it, like in my head, uh, if I had to have guessed, you know, back when a new Pokemon trading card game client would be announced, this date would have been a good, a good riddance, not a uh, <laughs> yeah, like finally the pokemon company or tpci who or whoever in this case tpci has gone out of their way to get a new pokemon trading card game client up and running and now it's here and now ptcgo is leaving thank goodness ptcgo is gone but really i just wish P- we still had ptcgo for uh, forever to be honest if the alternative is ptcg live or at least until the point where ptcg live feels as functional as ptcgo but uh we're not there yet and uh I mean, it's June 7th. We're just June 6th right now. It's going to be June 7th when y'all are listening to us uh, on the podcast. Uh, and June 8th is when PDCG Live is getting its official out of beta full release. So it doesn't feel like we're going to be there by the time by, you know, 48 hours.
0: Yeah, that's right. So the official release of Live is at the end of the week ahead of Pal Day Evolved. Honestly, like it's a great time to release a new game right as a new set is dropping. The problem is is that it's not gonna be a new game. It's just gonna be the exact same game with the word beta removed from it. So um, and that is evident from the I was it patch notes, I guess, or like yeah, I guess patch, yeah, update release notes that they posted uh for the release that just went live today, um, which is gonna be the way the game is on official launch day. And there's no new features here, Azul. Absolutely no new features, no. Um, expanded, or other options, or I, I I don't know. It's just the same game with the beta tag removed. There's a few updates to, like, some visual things is what this says. Updates for the new expansion, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it just is looks like just a normal beta update to me.
1: Yeah, and they don't even address, like... Uh, in the bug fixes, they don't address anything with Gardevoir, I believe. Like the fact of how slow it is to use Gardevoir's ability and the fact that it bugs out uh, a lot of the time and just kind of locks your game up and you just can't play the game anymore. Uh, for a couple different reasons. One of them is your opponent leaving the game because, you know, you're about to win the game with your last Gardevoir attack. They leave, you get stuck. If you try to Gardevoir a certain Pokemon that have been interacted with in certain ways. Your game also freezes. So none of that looks like it's getting fixed um, from what I can see see they still haven't fixed this was like a bug back in february or something the the bug where when genesec comes from the bench of the active it makes the new pokemon to the active noise yeah, it's even when you have pokemon yeah any metal pokemon yeah Genesect is the only relevant metal pokemon yeah any yeah, metal yeah, pokemon yeah. when it comes from the bench of the active whenever a pokemon goes from the bench of the active it does the animation plus the sound effect but if you have the sound effects muted when a metal pokemon still comes to the active it still makes a noise and it's like that's like a small thing Um, And so it was, like, the idea of, like, oh, when you use guard for EX's ability and your opponent concedes, well, if you just quit your game, you still get the win. But, like, that's not an excuse. It, like, completely ruins your, like, mood and your kind of momentum in the game. It just makes you want to close the game and not play another game of Pokemon, right? Like, you're sitting there, chilling, listening to your music, and then a Metal Pokemon comes to the active, and you hear the loud sound effect, and you're just like, bro, like, that's just like, it takes you out of the zone. And when enough of those things kind of compile throughout, like, a single game of Pokemon or a couple games in a row of game-ending bugs, you just want to close it and just, like, not play anymore. Nothing is, there's nothing making you want to play another game of Pokemon based on how the game kind of flows and feels besides just playing Pokemon, where it's almost like you're forced to play it because it's the only way to play Pokemon online.
0: And there's still some really bad bugs in the game. And this is a big one that trust your pilot over on Twitter. He's been the one kind of leading the helm of the PTCG live suffering. It feels like over the last 12 months or so, but um, there's a bug currently where if a Pokemon was knocked out and comes back from the discard pile into play, in the Gardevoir deck, you cannot psychic embrace to it, uh, yeah, which is like a massive deal, especially with Super Odd coming out next week. That's kind of the big part, uh, or I guess this week in like two days, right? And this is just still a, a bug that's not fixed. Now, maybe it's something with like Miriam or uh Clara, I guess, that's affecting this, but I don't know. Maybe people have tested it with Super. Rod. I don't even think Super Odd's on the list of the expanded playable cards, I don't think they made it that far back, but um with the, the little limited expanded format they have. But yeah, I mean, it's just more and more issues and they did update some things, but it's like the stuff that they chose to update is it's like so, the priorities here feel so backwards. Like to me, the metal sound that you mentioned is like that should be super high priority to get fixed because it is yeah. super I know you don't play that much TCG live anymore, but I try, <laughs> I get on and play my like, uh, I play, like, one or two Dailies. games a day to just get my little crystals or whatever, and then I get out of there, turn off the game, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, the the metal sound is, like, absolutely terrible whenever you have all sound effects muted. Um, that should be, like, a top priority. And then they do something like this where they update the way that the energy looks on Pokemon when they're in play. It looks worse. I almost <laughs> feel like it looks worse, yeah.
1: The Lunatone seems to be of a higher resolution itself, which is definitely... An improvement, but the energy just look war. It looks like they're not. They look like they're too separate. Like the the tone is so off. It just looks like it's not part of the same game. Like I don't know. Yeah, it looks like someone like copied like made it themselves. In like they copy and pasted it. Like you know they put together like a meme where you like cut out <laughs> a thing and stacking on top of something, but it's not like cohesive at all. That's what it looks like. Um, so I haven't seen this myself because the new update is out right now. I believe actually so, it is. Yeah. Um, so nothing's actually changing between now and June 8th. I said, is it going to be ready by June 8th? But yeah, this is as ready as it is, is right now. I haven't gotten on and played. I don't see if, I don't know if it feels any different. It doesn't seem like it feels any different. Um, and I think a sign that, um, another sign that it's only headed in a worse and worse direction, um, is everyone who is initially a defender, of PTCG Live is kind of coming around a little bit. Maybe not as harshly as someone like myself or Mahone has been on PTCG Live or Trust Your Pilot um, or even you. Um, mm-hmm. You don't say as much, but I think you hold a lot of the same sentence. But Stabilize um, or Mitch um, put out a tweet kind of being like... Uh, PTCG Who, Live Mitch, is, by the
0: way, has been like one of the biggest defenders of PTCG yeah. Live.
1: Now, I will say, though... Uh, I don't think Mitch would be as big of a defense. Mitch, I had a little bit of back and forth with Mitch early on in the beta. Uh, and one of the things that Mitch kind of brought up is that they've never played a Hearthstone or anything like that. So Mitch doesn't have a good thing to compare it to. I think if Mitch had played any of these other card game clients in the current day and age, they probably wouldn't feel as, uh, as fine about it. Um, but yeah, Mitch has been a huge defender of PDCG Live. Um, but even Mitch put out a tweet the other day saying, like, still the credit system and all that stuff, and no one thinks that stuff is bad. Like, that's, it feels like that's people's always defense point. But I get a free Lugia deck, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I get, I can make my deck easier. It's like, no one thinks that's bad. Everyone yeah. thinks that's good. But every game just kind of does that. It's all, all, all games are more accessible than PTCGO ever was, right? PTCGO yeah. was the least accessible card game client ever. Every card game client made after PTCGO has always been more accessible than PTCGO. Um, so PTCG Live being more accessible than PTCGO isn't a win for ptcg live it's just an expectation of making a card game client in 2023 um of course i do think ptcg live is way more accessible than most if not all other card game clients um, but it doesn't excuse poor gameplay and that's what mitch kind of like says in their tweet basically like obviously free cards are cool easy to get cards are nice but even then i still see i still see people complain all the time about now i don't have this problem because i got 400 packs of Whatever the set was. So I have like infinite credits. But I still see people complain all the time about how it's still pretty hard to like free to play PTCG live. So I don't know what that kind of situation is like overall, to be honest. Cause I, I haven't done that at all or don't interact with PTCG live enough to know. Um, but Mitch, has, Mitch did state, and this has been my problem with PTCG live, Mahone's problem, most people's problems with PTCG live is the gameplay uh, and playing the actual game of Pokemon just feels terrible. And a couple of points that like Mitch makes uh, in their massive twitter thread is just like the improvements are slow if non-existent uh, when you compare it like mitch said they went back and looked at some of their ptcgo videos and like the the flow of the game is just so much more slower and agonizing on ptcg live than ptcgo and ptcgo had problems like ptcgo was already the least intuitive card game client that you could play in 2020 or 2021 right back when it was before we even had ptcg live or actually when i don't even remember that was but whatever um it was already the slowest least Mm -hmm. intuitive card game client out there and then we got ptcg live which is up the ante which is it makes which is like just blows my mind
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean this is what we're gonna be there's no sign of the end here, right? Like, I mean, this is like yeah. the bu- this is the ship that we are sailing on right now, right? <laughs> it's a, it might feel like it's a sinking ship. It's barely staying afloat. Um, and Azul and I agree with like the positive things that everyone points out, like this yeah yeah the credit system is far better than the like it, it's way way easier to get cards on live than it was on uh, TCGO. And honestly, like I've played some of the other card games, it feels even easier on live than like you know Yu Gi Oh master duel or duel links yeah. or magic arena even but um which is like you know massive credit to pokemon for doing that but like so i played an opponent um during the early rounds in milwaukee and we were just kind of chit-chatting during our game or after our game uh he didn't know who i was but like someone at like the table next to um us like um you know said hello to me and like said that they liked my commentary and stuff like that and so like then he like kind of you know he didn't know who i was but like he was like oh so you do like stuff with pokemon and then he like asked me what i thought about tcg live and this is a guy who's been playing the game since like october he told me Mm -hmm. and i was like i mean i think the game could be a lot better there's like you know some things i like about it but um uh you know, I think that it feels it does not feel like a great way to play the Pokemon TCG. And he was like, I just really wish that I could um buy crystals or credits so I could get more cards. That's like what his <laughs> yeah. that's like what his comment was about it. Um and it's like and that's like, something that would be so easy for them to implement and i know like a lot of people when you add something like that where like you give a paid option they like go to like the pay to win mentality but the reality of it is is that if there is a way for if they could make money on this game which they could make a lot of money on this game if they could make money on this game Uh, then they're theoretically more incentivized to make it good, to make it better, because it's a way for them to generate revenue. And this is something, like, Pokemon is the largest franchise in the world. That's something everyone always goes back to. (laughs) Uh, Pokemon cards are the most collectible, collectible, it feels like, in, like, the modern day right now. Uh, You would get so many people trying to, like, get their online collection up. And you could make – so like, they could generate so much revenue from this and make it a genuinely amazing game, and that's just not what we have.
1: Yeah, and they could even keep it at, like, a super – they could keep it at, like, the current rate or even make it easier to get cards. Like, maybe they find the perfect formula in the current system to, like, make it really easy to get cards for everyone who, like, plays the game a decent amount. But then even on top of that, you could still just charge for packs. I think their – maybe their thought process was was, like – People would go to code sites, but no one wants to go to a code site to buy a bunch no. of codes when they could just buy packs on the client. No, just why would you not want to make the process easier for your consumer? And you can still make, like I said, you can still make it super easy to get cards. Um, you don't have to have some kind of uh, was it gotcha kind of predatory. Uh, uh, microtransaction system in ptcg live you can just be like it's still it's really easy to get cards there's no reason for you to spend money but if you want to spend money we'll let you spend money right like i think a lot of people want that a lot of people don't want to have to go to a code site to get codes to input codes but for the same price or the same ratio of value they could just spend 10 instead of 10 on codes they get the same value by just spending 10 dollars in the client
0: yeah and like so many people probably don't even know like i think we like uh, tend to forget or o- underestimate the amount of people who just play the Pokemon games, like, like kids sitting at home on their iPad. Right. Or like, even like just whoever sitting at home on their iPad, that's not involved in the competitive, like they've got no idea who we are. They've got no idea that competitive Pokemon TCG exists. They just went to the app store one day, searched up Pokemon, found this PTCGO and started playing or PTCG live and started playing like that is a huge number of people who play the game for sure. Um, Like even like on PTCGO as the game was shutting down, uh, which it was kind of a sad thing to watch on Twitter. People's like tweets that, you know, the developers left a little message up there. Thanks for playing. The servers are shutting down in a few minutes, but there's like the public trading post chat on PTCGO that a lot of people use to like talk to other players in the game. (laughs) <laughs> i remember seeing someone screenshot on twitter where someone in that was p- posted like wait what is happening <laughs> like they had <laughs> they they had a rude awakening i think that day that <laughs> the game that they were playing was not going to exist for much longer
1: yeah and one thing i've i've always said is that you can't replace uh like it's like it's like the analogy i kind of did with it. it's like it's like they gave us a bike but it has square wheels wheels right you're not going to ride a bike with square wheels for very long even if it's a free bike right and that's kind of what we're seeing happen here with more and more people who are kind of defenders of PTCG Live turning it over and be like, all right, I can only play this for so long. The gameplay is miserable and not improving, right? Yeah. And so we see like pretty much everyone who, who was or most or more people who are initially defenders of PTCG Live for X or Y reason are all changing their tune because it's like, sure, you get a free Lugia deck, but just because you have a free Lugia deck doesn't mean you're going to use it. And once you realize you're not playing PTCG Live because it's not enjoyable, who cares if you have a free Lukia deck, right? And that's kind yeah, of where I think we're at Mahone right
0: even put a, a Twitter poll out the other day that was like, I have played more yeah. or less. Uh, hang on, I'm going to pull it up. But it was like basically just, dude, it's so hard to find people on Twitter. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I Literally type in his exact at.
1: I think you missed Just Just put Andrew Mahone. It'll come up.
0: You would think, right? Sheesh. Dude, Twitter, Twitter, man, it's just it's just something. <laughs> but Why I'll pull it up. So but pretty hard. much he just put out um a tweet asking, like, you know, have you played more or less Pokemon since transferring your account over to PTCG Live? And it was like overwhelmingly less.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's playing less. Mahone's playing less as far like as far as content creators go. Um I don't know. I think LDF is probably still putting out the same amount of live content, but Mahone's been doing a lot yeah, more tabletop Yeah, LDF stuff. is a
0: grinder, dude.
1: <laughs> Mad drop <laughs> more. To LDF,
0: honestly. He is a grinder.
1: Yeah, Mahone's been doing a lot more tabletop. I've been doing just a lot more other stuff in general. I still get on live. I mean, last time I was on live was... Last time I like made content around live, because I still use live for coaching, was like... Has it been like, it's been like three weeks. It'll be Dude, like a maybe. How month, do you maybe. do coaching
0: on live, man? I <laughs> I could not do it anymore. You have a 30 second timer. How do you teach anyone anything?
1: Well, it's not that difficult. It depends. Sometimes like we, I go through like other things with like the, the AI bot or whatever, depending on the situation. But
0: sure,
1: um, I might start trying to transition more of it over to sim- the tabletop something later for sure. Um, I think it might be a little bit more productive. Definitely. So yeah, that's something I have like self to figure out. I just, like learn all the hockeys and stuff for that. But yeah. Life's a mess. I don't think anything has changed. Everyone's kind of coming around uh, and changing their tune, which is good to see because I think at some point, maybe if there's enough pushback, we'll see a uh, a difference, right? Maybe that'll lead to more of a difference. The only, like, shred of hope I think that remains is uh, – I remember seeing this somewhere. Someone said I was wrong for this, but I'm pretty sure I did see this somewhere. Um, was that Pokemon said one reason they're just, like, shutting down PTCGO seemingly ahead of schedule is because they want to devote those resources towards PTCG live. They they said that somewhere, right? There was an article somewhere where they made that.
0: I'll see if I can statement. Find
1: it. Um, I'm almost positive that was said somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that's like the last shred of hope. Is like, but we haven't seen that implemented yet. It doesn't seem like anything is being done at a faster rate yet. But maybe we'll see that hit finally. You know, next month, the month after. You know, maybe that's they've been building it they've been do- utilizing those because they probably I don't know maybe they maybe we are literally waiting for the moment that they stop paying Direwolf which is literally I don't know probably last month or something I don't know and now they're going to hire well, more people or something like I don't know is, what the transition is but
0: well Direwolf I think is still cuz Direwolf did a thing uh Direwolf has a lot to do with the um codes yeah the code development right I'm sure so they probably I think they're still doing and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, so on the TCG Live Sunset information page, it says, Well, TCG Live will remain active until June 5th, 2023. No new Pokemon TCG products cards or deck accessories have been added to the game since March 1st. This change ensures that more development resources are dedicated to making TCG Live the best experience possible for players.
1: This was all the way back uh, in March the, or April.
0: This was, was updated this? May 3rd.
1: May 3rd. Oh, okay. So they haven't... They haven't this has been... Okay, so they they had like a month or maybe two months because they maybe put this out after a month. So, But we haven't seen any of that yet, right? We haven't seen better, faster updates, the game actually improving fundamentally as far as the gameplay goes. We haven't seen any of that happen. So we haven't seen the improvement of more resources being dedicated to PTCG Live being taken away from PTCGO. And now PTCGO is gone. um, So I wonder how long we'll have to wait to actually see an improvement or if we see an improvement at all from this statement here. But who knows? but yeah, I think we can go ahead and move on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like we're beating a dead horse at this point for sure. <laughs> and I think the only thing we can hope for from here is that the last Dude, this couple horse defenders has
0: rotted.
1: Yeah, the last <laughs> couple defenders of PTCG Live switch changed their tune. And then if we have everyone kind of unified against uh, or PTCG Live being so poor, maybe they actually commit some more resources to PTCG Live because it doesn't seem like they've done anything. As far as that goes, it seems like it's been the same, very slow progress of simply trying to keep up with bugs that each new set releases, right? Guard- genesect has been bugged since February 2nd or fe- uh, February. Uh, I was like saying second, the second month of the year. Um, and then guardy has been bugged since release, right? And Guardy hasn't been fixed. And the new set's about to drop. And who knows what bugs this new set will bring and they haven't even fixed all the current bugs in the thing and that's what I this is I've said that for so long this is like what I feared it would just be like an infinite loop of new set releases new bugs new bugs aren't fixed before new set releases new set releases and it just like compiles and they can't keep up ever uh but we did have some major tournaments thankfully IRL not on PTCG live this weekend um and we're going to start by uh talking about what was we want to look at was we want to look at uh
0: yeah I think we're going to go smallest first, right? to largest so there's a yeah. special event in Turin Italy, there was a regionals in Santiago, Chile, and the regionals in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where Azul and I both were at. So, we're going to start with the special event in Turin, which was won by Maximilian with Lugia. So, what's interesting here as well is that there were two Lugia in top eight. I mean, we can kind of talk about all of them at the same time, but yeah. mostly focus on one at a time. There were two Lugia in top cut of Turin, uh, but there were no Lugia in top eight of either of the other two tournaments. What do you make of that?
1: um i don't know i mean i I think in milwaukee like the lugias weren't too far behind um there's like a lot of them in like the top 32 right there's three in top 16 Um, as well yeah also like some of our uh (laughs) most notable north american lugia mains like reagan and uh grant shen had a rough day one they weren't even in day two so like um you know i think a lot of the Better players as well, I think kind of shifted a little bit more towards playing Lost Box and Mew, that's always going to be like a factor as well, right? So um, that's part of it, but I don't think it's anything to read in too much. I think Lugia is still going to be one of the most popular decks, um, and yeah, it did show up in—it like, didn't do terrible in Milwaukee. There was just none in top eight. Um and then we don't really have too much results from Santiago. So who knows where Lugia kind of falls outside of there being zero in the top eight. Yeah. Yeah. Torin did show up and it got the dub, which isn't like a surprise. And I don't think it's like anything to be like worried about that it didn't show up too high, too heavily in the other two events.
0: Yeah. And I think the only, so pretty much the main list that everyone's basing their list on is the Reagan list. The Reagan list. Yeah. That's and what we've been calling it, the Reagan list. And this is the Reagan list minus Reagan Penny list. plus Thornton.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Just the Penny to Thornton change. And Thornton's kind of cool. It's like a little bit, uh, I mean, it guarantees the recovery of your Urshifu, which is nice, right? Whereas, like, Penny is, like, if they if they hit it and don't KO it, I can Penny it. Um, whereas Thorin guarantees, you know, you get Urshifu back and playing. Get Ooh, rolling yeah. Maybe
0: that is a little bit better if you're expecting a bit more of the Arc Dura deck in the meta.
1: The Arc Dura deck is, like, kind of the one that can KO. But, but up against, like, Gudra and stuff and the other matchups, you want to be able to, like, potentially Penny it. Because one thing weird that can happen is, like, they can hit it, and then they can not KO it, and they just yeah. leave it. And they're like, okay, if you evolve it, now I'm gonna KO you. If you don't evolve it, then well, you can't use your Urshifu V Max. And they like use rope or boss to get around it again and like leave it in play as an Urshifu V with a bunch of damage on it. So that's like the one that's like the value of the penny versus the Thorn. But yeah, exactly, you know, just the exact same uh just the Reagan 60 or whatever you want to call it and Thorin's still a really good uh liability remover, right? You can penny Luminian. Mm-hmm. you can Thorin your Luminian into a Serena or something and, and remove the liability of that as well. So it does the kind of the, it can do like the same thing that Penny does as far as that goes as well. So pretty similar cards in their roles
0: yeah it's pretty funny and on um, Limitless it'll tell you who has played a certain deck like all the finishes of a certain deck so if we look at like uh hartford where grant Shin and reagan got top four if you click on their deck it'll tell you the deck list was played by and at what tournament the list is just massive (laughs) for this deck uh so many players at so many tournaments just because of how like refined it feels like this list has become right and i I wonder if there's uh oh i just clicked on someone's name on accident. i wonder if there's a list on limitless that has more plays you know like more entries on the website than this deck like it's yeah (laughs) there's probably not many right if
1: anything i don't think it'd be cool if there was a filter to like do it like one card different two card different three card different um, so robin if you're out there and you're listening and oh you need gosh. another Azul's team, just trying for... <laughs> to give
0: robin so many projects
1: bro i'm just no, i'm just saying if you've got the free time and you just want to like you're like hmm, what else could i add to limitless <laughs> be a little like list played by if you put a little like thing there and you could be like a card difference of one or uh, you could like change it to one or two or three or four because i think that would be good to, that'd be cool information to have it's like okay mm-hmm. you know we obviously see like the power of the, the reagan list um and we see the other results from it but it'd be like okay if people are changing just like the thornton that's so much more information to work with and be like, okay, it truly is pretty much everyone playing the exact same sixty, right? So, I'd like, to know if, if like, how many other people are doing how successfully people are, which there's a one card difference or a two card difference, would be interesting for sure. So Azul's just the ultimate ideas guy. Yeah, I can't do any of this, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess we could mention the other Lugia list, which is basically once again very close. But this one is actually interesting. It's got a Lost Vacuum. Um, mm-hmm. Like all the Lugia lists are very close to this one, of course. Uh, lost Vacuum over, or what I would say is like only two Earn. There's a lost vacuum yeah. and there's the impact energy in here. Yeah, now, I yeah. haven't been blown away by the impact energy in the in my testing with Lugia. It feels like you always like the urns plus a single strike. It just kind of works out where you never need the impact. Yeah. And you I just agree. always have to find an urn anyways, and that'll get you there in almost every single game you play with the deck. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of the impact energy. And the lost vacuum is interesting as well. I don't even know like why you would want oh, there's no pump Well, why wouldn't you just want another collapse stadium? It's like a tool card. You really like another collapse stadium seems so much better if you're not gonna play the Pumpkaboo.
0: Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, maybe, like, a preemptive vacuum against a sealstone that hadn't been used because they wouldn't be expecting guess, it, yeah. right? To, like, catch someone off guard, a Seal sealstone. And, in... like, if you judge vacuum against a lost box that's trying to, like, <laughs> you know, prep Ooh. against. Or if you play uh, against
1: a Mew, yeah. they sell their V-star power. But there's no way you're hitting this combination, of cards. yes. <laughs> you yes, also only have one judge. <laughs> like, this list also <laughs> only has one judge. So it's not like you're disrupting lost box very aggressively anyway, so. Um, yeah, yeah the vacuum sure. vacuum feels a little bit off but yeah that's the other lugia and then Dude, uh, the, I,
0: another thing about my tournament both the lugias i played against had double collapsed that was that was
1: annoying yeah. all it really right makes sense good against uh lost box yep. uh the rest of the top eight though um nothing too sus we got the yeah. uh, leon lost box at, after ahead. winning oh. a
0: regionals earlier this year yep. getting second place at a special event with mew once again
1: yeah and this list uh very similar to the kind of the build that Leon was playing previously, we just like in terms of just trying to be as straightforward and consistent as possible. Cause like during this time we saw a lot of people doing, or during that time we saw a lot of people doing like the Mu Aerodactyl stuff. And Leon was like, eh, nah, what if we just like played like a path build, like super straightforward. Uh, and then they won uh, the regional after San Diego regional in Europe. I forget what, which one it was, uh, but now here they are Liverpool. again with another Yeah, Liverpool. They, here's another super straightforward Mew build. Uh, and the build that actually won San Diego regionals as well was a super straightforward build, and another super straightforward build. Not getting the dub this time for Leon, but second place, still pretty good. And uh, yeah, just Path and Judge <laughs> Mew uh, doing it again.
0: Yep, Path Judge Mew.
1: Uh,
0: Path and Judge is a powerful combo, and it's gonna win you some amount of games and get you potentially to the finals. Uh, we've got a couple lost box in here as well. I guess we'll mention quickly the uh, other. There's two other Mew decks, one of them being Fusion Mew, the other DTE build, also pretty similar. Did have the Lost City in here. Also, oh no, Azul.
1: (laughs) Don't get me started, bro. They had the
0: Arvin. What are we doing, man? Yeah, I don't know about
1: I don't know about the Arvin. And we did see this is the only Fusion Mew in top eight. Um, and actually Fusion Mew in general didn't really show up at Milwaukee too heavily. Not it was like if anything, it was about 50-50. Like it wasn't didn't show up any better. Santiago, there was no muse in top cut uh and this was more of like the hybrid builds of the fusion mew not like kind of the turbo build that we saw rowan play this is like the build that we saw uh last play with uh the judges in the path only one judge in this build but there's an avery as well maybe for the mirror match there got the avery in there for the mirror match so you know avery plus path or just avery in general plus knockout you remove three pokemon from a fusion strike players board that's a lot of uh that's a lot of draw power taken away right so a little bit more on the hybrid build, though. Yeah, for sure. That's the, that's the build I think I prefer for the Fusion Mew as well. It's like the hybrid. Still trying to be disruptive as, as possible while still pulling off that turn one attack with the Meloetta. Yeah, bosses. I feel
0: like Avery's like a sneaky good card right now, right? It's no. just...
1: There's not a great deck. Oh, you, did you say nah? No, it's terrible. No, <laughs> unless oh Guardi gosh. gets like... Unless Guardi's like 20% again, I don't think it's worth playing. It is like kind of cool in Mirror, but like it's bad in Lugia matchup. It's bad against Lost Box. Um, yeah, it's just too many bads. I don't think the good to outweigh the It's bad against arceus decks like there's nothing against Arceus. yeah decks. it's pretty good against Mew. it's pretty good against lost box it's pretty good against gardevoir yeah, I mean those are all... avery avery is not good against lost box <laughs> it does nothing
0: you just well, like a
1: comfy yeah which is like draw power and yeah, but you don't just you didn't disrupt their hand they would much rather get avery well, of than course
0: judge. yeah you go avery then judge right
1: well, then it's not pretty good it's just it's just worse like, it's not good against lost also
0: box. avery i will say one thing Ooh.
1: uh-huh no go ahead <laughs> you have got some more, Chip. Go ahead. One other.
0: I mean, the, Avery. So Avery over Arvin, though at least. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, Avery. Something you can do with Avery against Lost Box is one of the things Lost Box will do a lot of the time is uh, specifically Kyogre. I guess is take two prizes with one of their two prize Pokemon. So take out a Mew V or a Genesect, and then fill their bench so you can't Echoing Horn. True. But if you Avery and then Echoing Horn, that Pokemon's stuck in play, and then that's two prizes you can take uh, to put them on a, a turn earlier clock. You, you obviously then can't. You can't you
1: judge, and then they just Kyogre for game oh on the God. next.
0: Year. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so it was kind of unfortunate, but your plan almost worked, but you forgot that they just win because you didn't judge them. It's just not that simple, man. It's just not that simple. <laughs> Dude, I beat a Mew. I think Caleb, Caleb did this or something. I beat him you in three turns. It was like turn one, go fast. Turn two, Dragonite two. Turn three, Kyogre for four. Um, yeah, that we just shouldn't
0: happen with our deck, we
1: man. <laughs> we were headed into turns. And I was like, okay, uh, go through my first turn. Time's called on their turn, so their turn zero. So I was like, I have two turns to win this game. So Dragonite, next turn, Kyogre, game over. Um, it would have actually been funny. That's a, kind of funny that's kids.
0: highway robbery right there, the fact that you won that game. <laughs> I feel sorry for your opponent. Someone go back on Pokestats Live and figure out who it was and send them <laughs> flowers.
1: <laughs> and then to close out the rest of the top eight, there was another uh, path, Mew. Uh, oh, we looked at this one already with the Arvin. And then there was just the Arctina. Arctina was in there. Um, and we saw Tina decks show up. Uh, this one Arctina here. Uh, besides that, there's a couple Tina's Tinas uh, scattered throughout day two. There's some, or decks, excuse me. Arc decks, I will mention there's like no loss zone Tina. I'm just gonna put that out there. Is there any loss on Tina even in like day two? of Oh, there's one in top eight of Santiago, I take it back. But like in Milwaukee, day two, is there even an arc Tina? Is there an arc or a loss on Tina? There's one I see one. That's it, that's all I just wanted to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one What's arc that? deck in the top eight here. Why well, just like I think loss on Tina is still terrible deck,
0: <laughs> mm, interesting. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah Tina we did can... show up uh in the top eight here at uh. <clears throat> At, Turin. At Santiago. Yeah. And I think the only other notable thing oh, is a couple R- sables R- arts were close. Andre and Pedro, two very notable players. Of course, the world champion Andre, um, very close to that top eight as well with some sables. So Sables Art's still out there, still proven. It's a very low played deck, I feel like, right now. So that's still like a decent result top, to especially enti- when it is piloted by two of the best players in Europe. That kind of almost detracts from its success. Cause it's like, well, I mean, obviously, like these players being in top 16 or even in top eight is like not a big deal. Um, imagine if they had played a real deck, right, or a better deck. Maybe Sablezard just uh, is holding them back more so than I Listen, did. man, Sablezard is still <laughs> solid. and like, no, I do like Sablezard. I'm just kind of joking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it has a decent mirror match, right? Like, Yeah, the are, mirror
1: match is kind of a... Like uh, other,
0: I guess, other lost box matchup. Now, looking at Pedro's Pokestats Live, he actually did not play against... He played against one other lost box deck. Two other lost box decks, and then yeah. the Sablezard mirror against Andre. A lot of Mew. Yeah, and tied the winning in, it looks like as well. I almost dream- made the winning it almost made it into cut at 90 and five. Come on, Pedro. We gotta pick up the
1: pace here, buddy. Yeah, what are these five ties? <laughs> four in a row, four, dude. That would be like so. I feel like if we look dude,
0: I'm not gonna put Pedro on blast right now. I love Pedro. Pedro's the man, but I'm pretty sure if we look back, like yeah. Oh no, this one's only three. That's not that bad. Oh, it I was Oceania. Oceania, he tied five times as well. <laughs>
1: Well, some we, gotta scoop some, we gotta scoop right?
0: some game twos in here that one Come against on, reagan
1: man. maybe was intentional at the end there right round 14 right yeah that oh, might have been yeah
0: yeah yeah so, so, sure some of these yeah. are ids some of these are ids yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what you were saying at first but yeah
1: yeah 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 that's kind of been one of my goals recently is just the only ties i want to have are intentional ties in this tournament i was able to accomplish i was 11 and 2 before i id twice at in in milwaukee um, speaking of Arc decks, I was kind of fumbling over my words earlier. But yeah, basically Lost Tina sucks. But Arc decks, we were talking <laughs> about, there was two more Arc decks in top eight of the Santiago Regional Championships. We have very few lists here, um, but it was won by so some Arc decks that okay. Guardi did really well here, actually. And there was a Lost Tina did squeak in there, um, but that's probably fake. And then two Lost Zone decks. But yeah, Lost Zone or, or Guardi Mewtwo V Union was the champion. Pedro Petrucci, probably the most consistent latin player this season i want to say um i think he's ranked me on that for sure yeah but pedro definitely i think by far the most consistent latin player this season uh yeah we haven't seen this deck do this i think this is this is definitely its best finish ever but in general we haven't seen it do too too well at all recently Does does it have a top eight besides this uh maybe not let's actually i think we can check if we Pedro's been playing this for a while. Pedro was playing this back yeah. at EUIC. I think Pedro basically played this. At he got tournament. top
0: sixteen in Malmo. It had a couple day twos in Portland, but that is pretty much it. EUIC. There was a couple one in top, Pedro getting top sixteen with it at EUIC. Yeah. So I mean, this has been his go go to deck. Excuse me, but yeah, like you mentioned, Pedro definitely one of the most consistent players in Latin America this year. I was actually gonna pull up the. The leaderboard, real quick, but yeah, getting the one with the Guardy mewtwo There's no Klefki in here, so I, no I think that was that's that's been the th- the way people have been saying that you need to play Guardy if you want to beat Lost Box is you have to cram Mewtwo in there, but you also have to cram the keys in there. But Pedro did not do that. He just got the Mewtwo V Union in here, which I think is like it's just a generally powerful card, right? Like as if you get it all in the discard pile and you get it set up, this thing has you know, two super, super strong attacks, really three super strong. I, honestly, all four of the attacks are good, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the two main ones being the spread 16 and then the just clean 300 damage, super
1: strong attacks. Um, 10 HP. well, I guess your HP comes down a little bit usually, but mm-hmm, right. of a decent amount of HP. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good closure into every single matchup. Theoretically, it's just, is it worth it to get those things in the discard pile? Then get them into play, you know, having four effective dead cards until potentially the late game. Is that worth the trade-off of, uh, playing the card and you can do some cool stuff in the mirror match as well where you like Roxanne and then you KO their attacker plus you KO like a curly off the bench to limit their draw power but there's no path in this build which is you you usually combo that with a path I was surprised to actually see no path in here so I'm not really sold on the Mewtwo Union being better than the straightforward build um and I I do kind of like the Drapion though they gave up on the Sky Seal Stone but they made sure they have an aggressive prize trade up against the Mew matchup with the Drapion so you can go like turn one or turn two going first Drapion swing plus like continue to set up the rest of your board and then you just trade out from there. um So the like, Drapion's really cool. Actually, I really like the Drapion in there. Yeah, but...
0: Drapion one hit KO one, Zashin one hit KO another. Right, like yeah,
1: that's the way to do it. There is
0: only one rare candy in this list.
1: Yeah, so I'm not trying to be too aggressive. It's oh, I almost feel like the rare candy is probably there. as like, a, well, you have the four seal stone to work with as well, right? So mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, but it, maybe it's more of like a fallback of like, okay, I need like an, a late game guardy, and I didn't get all my rolls out of turn one or turn two, so now like now that I've gotten the rolls off the prize cards, which finally drawn into a had bench space for it, this can still become a guard for in the late game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that makes um, more sense. So yeah, the Mewtwo build finally getting its uh, day. Is it worth it though? I'm not. I'm not definitely not convinced. It's like it, like straightforward guardy seems like it's definitely good. I don't think Mewtwo Union consistently has like a place in the meta to kind of like be like, oh, I'm also a good deck alongside it. It's Just kind of like. You know, the best player in LATAM right now chose to play Guardian v Union. You know, it almost feels like more so than anything.
0: Well, speaking of Guardi winning tournaments, it was also the victor over in Milwaukee, and it was not an American player winning. It was Henry Brand coming from Australia, coming from down under. Henry's just going to try to run a gauntlet of American tournaments here <laughs> these next few weeks. He's going to Fresno, I heard, this week, uh, and mm-hmm. then he's going to obviously be at NAIC in a couple of weeks. So i mean starting the trip off strong (laughs) i would say getting first place 1100 person tournament, winning 5k congratulations to henry unfortunately did take down caleb our friend and testing partner in the finals but it is with a pretty clean consistent guardy list um yeah, I don't know. Uh did have a couple interesting texts here. Has the Choice Belt and the Serena 2 cards that not everyone plays. Did sacrifice a little bit of consistency for it though, the two research being the um the cuts there Big so kid, only yeah. two research.
1: Yeah, I actually had a I don't know, I had a reason why I actually didn't like the Choice Belt. I had like a I forget what it is. It does some cool stuff with Guardi EX. It allows you like to KO certain stuff with Guardy EX like Chase V's. Mm-hmm. Like that knockout and then put yourself in a situation where you just can't get KO'd back in a couple matchups. Yeah. Um and then it does allow the baby guardy to reach with choice Belt to actually reach for knockouts against Lugia um, a little bit more easily as well. So, if you're trying to take down a T Tar with a one, a T Tar or a Lugia with a one prizer, because um, there's once again no sky seal stone in here, so that becomes like more of a relevant thing to try and do probably in that matchup is to attack with the one prizer of the shiny arcana guard for as opposed to attacking with his zation. Because well, Lugia can sometimes just get ahead in the price trade, and if you don't have the sky seal stone to make the comeback, um, then you need to attack with the one prizer. Um, but sometimes you can't reach those numbers without a little bit extra, especially up against like the Lugia V star. So, He's got a little bit extra push sometimes in that matchup as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not too much to say, right? Straightforward Guardy, kind of what uh, Toward kind of popularized. And then uh, a couple changes from that uh, EUIC build. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. Henry gets the dub and uh, is actually pushing for potentially pushing to that top four, one of those top four slots or the World's Travel For Award Australia. Day 2 invite uh, from the uh, the Australian players. Because um, right now it's looking like Brent, Natalie, uh, Matthew Burris, and then Tim Franklin, and then Henry's just behind Tim by 35 points, it looks like, right now. I assume this is what the update. I think this is the updated um, leaderboard. So Henry's creeping uh, up there, and then Angus Johnson and Jeremy Lim not too far behind, but I don't know how many of them are actually coming to NAIC. So Henry's here right now going to be playing in Fresno. I don't think any of the other Australian players are coming to Fresno. I could be wrong on that. Um, I don't know how many of them are coming to NAIC. So,
0: well, I would say at least these four, most likely James Williams, Derek Dowd, Natalie Miller, Brent Tonneson, because they'll have the yeah top four travel award. But outside of that, I mean, a thousand dollars is not enough to get to <laughs> for the top 16, really to get to a full paid trip to NAIC. But, uh, yeah, from all the way time. in Australia, it's tough. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's tough, stuff for the Australians to get over here for sure. Or just get trying to, to kind of get out of Australia to be honest. Not even just to come to North America; they just can't escape. It's just too.
0: Expensive. <laughs> I mean, it is there. an island. They're they're trapped <laughs> down there.
1: That's <laughs> a lot of swimming. It definitely is. I um, was well, gonna say, yeah, so. Milwaukee, uh,
0: uh, uh, well, I wanted to ask about. Go ahead. Ligardi, I actually forgot about the what your thoughts and, are. Well, I wanted to ask what your thoughts are kind of with uh, because before the tournament, you know, we both kind of felt like Sky Seal Stone was just too big of a swing card to lose in favor of the Forest Seal yeah. Stone. But it really feels like everyone has started to favor the Forest Seal Stone. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts kind of on that? I mean, are you on board now after seeing these results that Forest Seal might just have
1: to be the way? It might be. Um, I, the Lugia matchup is the main reason I always liked the Sky Seal Stone. I think that probably is its strongest matchup. The Mew matchup can come up as well, but it's a little bit less relevant for Mew and less relevant against Mew if they are playing the fusion build as well. So, against the yeah. fusion build, you'd rather just be more consistent. How many cards do you really want to tech towards, you know, just the, that matchup. Um, so it really is the Lugia matchup that I feel like is the biggest deal there. Um, I still really like it for that matchup, but it's not Lugia's not that big of a percentage of the meta. It was like twenty four percent in day two, though, right? My, I, I don't think I'm. Yeah, Lugia was the most popular deck
0: in day two of Wumaki, and we can go ahead and take a look at the.
1: Kind of surprising that that one didn't even make top eight. Then, to be honest. Yeah, um, it is really surprising because it did have a really good
0: conversion rate as well. It was fifteen percent in day one, and then it jumped up to the first most played twenty four percent in day two. Yeah, Definitely Lost box and Muse staying about popular. the same. And then mm-hmm. to no
1: one's surprise, uh, Maridon leaves the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the day one graphic going into day two. But yeah, was I'm just really... kind of
0: surprised that it's still so popular in day one, honestly. like
1: I mean, it's a cool deck. It's a fun deck. Um, it's a little bit different, but it's not terrible. Um, and we did see, like, I played against uh, Wesley at, like, round 11 or 12, who was, like, 9-2 and two with Maridon. Yeah, he um, finished top 16. Going into day two, I think there was a couple of Maridons towards the top. Uh, of the of the day two. yeah. Jose Marzan also
0: got top thirty-two. Maybe he got like thirty-sixth or something like that. I want to say I think he was like just outside of top thirty-two, maybe.
1: Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, I still don't think the deck is great. Um, yeah. I almost wonder if like what like if you're gonna play four sealstone on guardi, I guess it'd be hard to argue to add a second four sealstone. But I could see you adding a second four sealstone. Have you seen right. this
0: list from Jose? What it's
1: four. A... Former Rideon, two Raikou, and then
0: three Mew, and that is it.
1: What do you? My question is, what are you beating besides Lugia with this deck and Mew?
0: You're just hard. You hit hard, and you hit consistently. I guess right. I mean, yeah, this, most This definitely seems like that. a go second build, right? Like you're going second, and you're doing two twenty on turn one, like every game.
1: Yeah, that list, this list is wild for sure. <laughs> this list is kind of this guy. This is kind of insane. Who played this? Yeah. Jose Marzón. Yeah, this list is this list is definitely crazy. You do have the four switch card in there, so I guess you have a oh and a penny a and penny four
0: cross switcher.
1: I mean, the cross switchers are not saving you against Lost Box. I'm trying to think of like how you beat oh, anything that's oh. not Mew or <laughs> how do you beat anything that's not Mew or Lugia? Uh, well, you even have the Echoing Horn there for the Lugia matchup as well, which is kind of cool? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, maybe I'll, switch I'll, cards plus Penny could get you there against Lost Box. Seems kind of tough, but I'm gonna pull up be a, a the stats
0: live and we'll see what he beat and what he didn't <clears throat> beat.
1: Yeah, that one seems. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Like, I like seeing builds like this. Like, I don't think they're that good. Like, I don't think it's like a great deck or anything like that, but cool to see. Um, People still get creative. A yeah, lot of mirror matches, a couple mirrors in there. Yeah, mirrors beat up on some Muse, beat up on some Lugia's. Um, Did lose to the lost box they played against. There's a couple unidentified decks in there as well. I think Adam Reinhardt was playing Maridon.
0: He, I know Adam. <laughs> he always plays Miridon. So he, I think Jose hit three Miridon
1: mirrors in day one, which Gee, is pretty cool. How do you. At 7%, that is like, well, yeah, that just feels bad. <laughs> but I guess your build is the more aggressive so it's yeah, like a matchup yeah. you want to hit, to be honest. For Jose, that's like a matchup. You're the better, you're the faster build, so you want to be hitting those. So, um, yeah. Wes Hollenberg, though, had kind of, I think, more
0: of what we would expect to see Flaffy. from uh, from right on the 2-2 Flaffy line in there with the two Raichu and also the Magnazone V-Star. Yeah. three judge as well so i mean i guess the the strat is to like magna v plus judge ko manaphy and then next turn v star right
1: yeah that would have to be the the route you'd look for um i mean even if you get all that off it's still tough to beat the lost box deck but um yeah you have like some potential there i almost but i almost feel like i would rather go if i was gonna play more i i would go the jose route uh all gas jose route for sure yeah just all gas and just like have some cute stuff in there to beat the other two prize stuff like you're favorite and mirror and then you're hoping to hit mew and Lugia the rest of the day or hit against a uh a Guardy or a lost box at dead draws i don't think the guardian matchup is great for ride on either i think it's a little um unfavorable and then well. one
0: deck uh that we have left to talk about is kyogre we haven't really talked about it yet but three in the top eight yourself included as well in the top four finish um and we can also i guess just kind of transition this into well, i guess before we talk about fresno we want to recap our predictions but so yeah just Kyogre for this tournament um you guys decided to run the same 60 that we played or that you played in um Hartford just a couple weeks ago so yeah I mean why was there no n- even after Danny made top eight why was it not necessary to change anything
1: um it wasn't a strong enough showing or big enough showing for people to probably tech for the matchup um and that's when I mean, we saw some people like there was the one of the Mews in Top so up in Milwaukee, uh, Brian uh, had the Lost City and the Manifi actually, uh, and the Penny. So it was checked out a decent amount for the Lost Box matchup, but there wasn't that much hate uh, overall. We saw more Lost Cities. Like Almost every Mew player played a Lost City. And actually, the one, the Mew player that I had to win, on, win in three turns against, they played two Lost City. And that's why we even went to game three. Because I was like, eh, I don't have to bench Kyogre here. I'm going to bench Kyogre here. And they're like, okay, second Lost City. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. And then I had to beat them <laughs> in three turns to, to be able to keep up with the pace. So, um, yeah, pretty much everyone had the Lost City in there, which is really good in Mew for the Kyogre matchup because it allows you to... It means the Kyogre player can't bench Kyogre ahead of time because they bench it, you just go boss Lost City, win, and you kind of want to bench it ahead of time. So that way you can, if they boss KO it, you just claw it back and then you keep your hand and you win. Or if they judge you, then you have an extra piece set up. You can even put an energy on on that turn if you have the energy to work with as well. So you are like that much more set up, so... Um, yes, yeah, so we saw that, but we didn't think it would be like overly tech for like you weren't gonna go that far out of their way. There was gonna be like Manaphy's and Lugias or anything. I'm sure there was some people with Manaphy and Lugia. We did
0: think that we were gonna I see some use with Manaphys, though. That was something yeah. we were
1: talking about. We did predict that and there was a there was a couple that wasn't just the one in top eight. We definitely saw some more throughout the throughout the tournament. Um, I will mention as well, yeah, Ben Cryer actually did make... I didn't think there was any Arceus decks in top 8 for some reason, but I forgot about Ben with the... Uh, ben did play the Manaphy as well, and Ben beat Danny in, on the uh, when it in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Had the dunsparce as well. Uh, wait, what is dunsparce for in this meta? What is fighting? That's like, do I, oh, I guess Lugia has some stuff. Stonejourner.
0: Yeah, but not really.
1: Aptos V is a thing technically. Urshifu? Uh... Yeah, or,
0: rapid strike and single strike Urshifu, maybe. Maybe it's just
1: enough little stuff, I guess, that it's like maybe worth. That's like why why you've kind of included it in Arceus in the past. Sometimes it's just like there's like enough to such a broken center deck. Yeah, it is just so broken. Why not include it, right? Um I guess one more deck we should talk about, because it's kind of the most talked about deck from the tournament, was definitely that Arceus. He's deck i think we covered pretty much the top eight there pretty well yeah yeah. uh but yeah the highest placing of that was christian fontenot who actually got on stream so if you want to see some gameplay with the deck go find christian's game on stream with the arceus clefki aerodactyl besides that disruption cards deck be interesting
0: yeah i think he dismantled grant in about 10 minutes on the stream or something like that so uh yeah i mean this is a deck that it's like i don't care what i'm going up against they are not going to get to use their abilities if it's lost box <laughs> boom clef key let's get it if it's lugia aerodactyl and path to the peak if it's Mew aerodactyl and path to the peak and clef key <laughs> and oh yeah and clef, and key. clef key. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this so, deck is
1: all about yeah, yeah, yeah shutting down your opponent's abilities through one of those means and then you got judge for disruption and then you just attack with Arceus and you can attack with Aerodactyl in this deck. Actually, Aerodactyl is like your answer to Dragonite in this deck. Otherwise, you don't really have a way to KO Dragonite, but Aerodactyl can KO it with uh once you load it up for the uh the lost dive. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh really cool deck. I actually think this could there could be something here. We might see a little bit more of this. I think a lot of people, more people are gonna to try and pick this up, see if it's actually worth the investment or is it just one of those decks where you know the element of surprise gave you a lot higher win percentage than the deck's actual value is like that's kind of the, the question to ask with these decks after a tournament mm-hmm. it's like okay christian pretty good player got 17th i uh, didn't quite get top 16 but whatever obviously it's a very low play deck overall so did pretty well Uh, But is there any merit to the deck, or did they just kind of beat a lot of people because people had no idea what was going on? And if that's the answer, then probably not worth playing anymore, but there could be something there for sure.
0: Also, Lockwin played Arctina, and he played this same deck, I think a card or two different, in Hartford, and he got top 32 there, top 16 here, but it's Arctina with Aerodactyl V-Star. So Aerodactyl making its way kind of back into the meta a little bit almost.
1: And a Flannery. What about that Flannery, though?
0: Oh, that is... Lock is
1: always playing... Some some janky cards in there. Locks <laughs> always got some jank for sure. Listen, <laughs> so, dude, not if you just have
0: a read on your, oh wait, no, what am I talking about? Flannery. I was thinking of the one that lets you peep your opponent's hand to discard cards, but that's not even uh, Flannery. Sydney. <laughs> yeah, Sydney. That's you can what Flannery was to
1: bump of. a path though to use Starbirth. You can also. Get, I mean, I think it's probably in there to get rid of the V guard energy most consistently up against yeah, Lugia, yeah, yeah, right? But like, it's not like you can find your Flannery unless you get to hold your V star power for that long. So, which
0: is um, kind of tough to do.
1: Yeah, and especially if you're um, trying to use Ancient Star. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Also, four, I didn't just notice it, Four capturing aroma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lock is always on the jank for sure. Um, Top 16 with it, though. Got to respect it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, always expect something different when you open up a lock list. That's for sure. And, all right well yeah.
0: let's 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 recap our predictions from last week real quick and then we'll talk about fresno we're we're kind of going long here <laughs> to be honest and <laughs> right, we have to do our 30 chip. minute bonus episode as well as so <laughs> uh yeah real quick our predictions from last week we predicted fusion Mew over under wins for the three tournaments would it win basically just would it win a tournament this weekend yeah yeah chip said no azul said yes and the result was no no <laughs> so I got you on that one, but you got redemption here because I—I I was actually thinking more about this while we were getting ready for this episode. My prediction here makes no sense because I said <laughs> there would be over six and a half Mew in Top Cut of all the tournaments, but that Fusion Mew would not win the tournament, which is kind of just a prediction. That, like those predictions counteract each other pretty heavily. I mean, that's but, like
1: the you've seen Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Remember where Fred and George make that bet that one team wins, but the other team gets the Golden Snitch? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that's that bet right here for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Fusion mm. Mew won't win, but there'll be over six of them, or there'll be at least seven of them in in Top Cut. Um, but of course, that includes DTE Mews as well. And there was there was five, uh, only one Fusion Mew, um, which is interesting. Definitely interesting yeah. to only see the one Fusion Mew there.
0: And if we look at the day two results of Milwaukee, it was twelve. 12- DTE MU in day two and five Fusion MU in day two. So I don't know what the numbers were like day one, if it was more closer to 50-50, but DTE MU kind of did just show that it maybe is just a little bit more consistent route to go right now in this format. Do
1: you think that's the the truth or um i think one thing i didn't really account for when thinking about it was just like it's definitely the easier deck to play is double for turbo sure here. like maybe yeah. a lot of people just didn't want to like put the extra effort into learn fusion mu or get the sequencing down um and we're just like i've already been playing dt Mew. it's not like you just like switch to fusion mu and you're just as comfortable there definitely is definitely a level of comfortability difference between fusion and double turbo mu so including actually factoring that in the more i think about it the correct prediction was probably be DT Mew would have stayed the more popular of the two Mews. But I didn't think about that in the moment when I was kind of like making the prediction last week. Um, and the last prediction we did have, which is which is more popular in top eight, which once again, kind of over the other two already. DTE, only one fusion and then four DTE. So chip two to one on the predictions uh, for this week. Uh, we've got another regional coming up, Fresno. So there's a couple things to talk about. Um, I don't know. If I think it is for sure, but it feels kind of like it might be, which is is Kyogre best deck in format it feels like it kind of does edge out everything else in terms of like matchup spread it feels like it definitely has the best matchup spread
0: yeah so i mean i think like we're probably a little biased here right but we chose to play it for this last (laughs) tournament so we feel like it's the best deck at least for that tournament um i think the the big draw of kyogre at least i mean this is what i feel like it's been at least is and you can attest or disagree with this but um is that just? it's like a deck that you're not really ever out of a game, right? Aqua Storm yeah. is such an insanely powerful attack. 250 damage to two Pokemon in play. You can prep damage on things with the Sableye to set it up and make sure you can KO Guardi EXs or Lugia V-Stars, whatever it is on the bench. Uh, yeah, I mean, you are just really... It, it, it's a deck that you, it feels like you are never out of a game until your opponent takes their last prize card, which I think... There's not really any other deck in the format that feels like that. Maybe DTE Mew, just because you have Roxanne Path and gives you the best chance. But even that is more a I'm playing this and crossing my fingers. It's more agonizing
1: to sit there and be like, all right, do they have it? Do they have it? Do they have it? it?" Instead (laughs) of being like, all right, do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Yeah, yeah. It feels better to be asking the question, do I have it? Instead of, do they have it for sure. Now, that being Um,
0: said, I think Kyogre probably is the BDIF, but I don't know that it's going to be that. Heavily played. I think it'll be more played in Fresno, maybe as far as lost box percentages go than it was in Milwaukee. It was pretty popular in Milwaukee. A lot of good players picked up Kyogre for this tournament, but um I mean, it's just it is so. I mean, that deck puts you through the blender more so than any other lost box deck does.
1: I mean, more so than any other deck in the format does. I don't yeah. think it's close. Like how much more exhausting it is to play um but yeah i don't i don't know we i don't think it'll be like too much more popular it's kind of like going to probably be like the same similar thing to like fusion Mew versus dt Mew. so like is anyone really going to make that switch over to kyogre a week before the tournament just after it had its really good runs i don't think so some good players might like it might incentivize some uh, of the more top players to be like all right maybe i should put a little bit more effort into kyogre but i don't think we're going to see the average player like if, if they've been running like a more turbo loss box build something like the running cameraman build i think they'll probably stick with that i probably would recommend sticking with that and if you don't you don't have really the time or haven't been investing the time to like rock the kyogre um and we did just have a i guess i'll give my opinion on this one first which is like the next thing we had put on our our doc here was will guardy have another deep run um i've been putting guardy in like tier three recently personally um and i don't actually know if i'd move it out of tier three but i think that like as far as tier lists go in this format it's really close like tier one to tier two to tier three is like you know a couple points away so like personally i think i mean i wouldn't be surprised if if guardy won again i wouldn't really be that surprised to be honest um but i think i would still like have guardian like tier three on like a tier list like overall
0: yeah i mean it's matchups against every deck in the format are solid except for lost box. Right. That's just really kind of the main issue. Lost box is pretty tough to beat. Um, but you know, it, it, you can still beat it. Right. I mean, we saw Henry yeah. was able to to take down Caleb in the finals um, and Guardy. I mean, of the three tournaments, Guardy won two of them. So there's something to be said there now. I, I mean, two of the two world-class players piloting it, which definitely has something to do with that. Right. But,
1: I mean... And I think that's always going to be a big factor on the day as well, Of course, right? Of like, course. What are the best players bringing? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of like who gets a little bit more fortunate than the others, but you don't want to think about that much. There's, such a, there's so much depth to Pokemon that there's always more that pretty much every player at the tournament can do to maximize and give themselves a better odds of winning the tournament from deck choice to tech choice to prepping to just drinking enough water and I don't know, getting some <laughs> caffeine throughout the day. Even like little things like that can make a big difference in like your mental state going throughout a tournament. So... um yeah, a lot. A lot less comes down to luck than people think, for sure. um but Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Guardy. I give Guardy one again. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think I'd still have it as like a tier, a tier three deck on my tier list. But like I said, like tier one to tier two to tier tier three, you know, it's a couple uh, percentage points away from one another.
0: Next up, when we're talking about the Muse, we talked a lot about me the last couple of weeks. Fusion or DTE Mew for Fresno Azul. What do you think is better? Which would you be more likely to play, I guess, is one question. And then off that, like, which one do you think will finish a little better? Or be more popular? I guess which one will be more popular? I think the answer to be more popular is probably just DTE Mew again, right?
1: Yeah, I think it would have to be DT -DT Mew. I think I would play Fusion Mew, though. If I had to pick, I would probably, once again, I would go with the hybrid build that uh, last has been, like, popularizing recently. I think I would go Fusion over Double Turbo. I think I like it a little bit. A little bit more, especially if decks like Maraidon and the Arceus decks are still going to maintain pretty high numbers. I would rather have the more aggressive option up against those, I feel like, overall.
0: We've seen the Arceus decks still hanging around. Ben Cryer got top four with Arctina. Uh, There was a second-place Arctina in Santiago. As well as an Arc Umbreon. And then an Arctina top eight. So, I mean, Arctina, I think, had a bit of a resurgence last week the story was all about Arc Umbreon, right? Off of Hartford, it yeah. really blew up, in Hartford was super, super popular and did really well, like four in the top 16 or something like that. Um, but it seems like Tina, having a little bit more of a resurgence. I don't know, what's what's the think... reason for that? And moving into Fresno, which would you prefer?
1: I think it just shows kind of the inconsistencies of the decks, and like, it's just kind of, I think it more so just shows that neither of the decks are actually a tier one deck, because like, it's just kind of like, one weekend, one will show up, the another weekend, another one will show up. Whereas like, every weekend lost box shows up lugia shows up Mew shows up every single every single week right those will always show up but we see like sometimes the arctina shows up sometimes the arc Umbreon shows up and of course that does have to do with their play rate a little bit as well right they're just definitely less played um but they're probably less played for a reason as well on top of that right so i think the decks are solid uh the first thing if i was like a someone who's like kind of committed to an arceus deck i would try arceus keys i'd put a lot of time to that arceus keys aerodactyl deck um from the the second I kind of realized it was a deck, and I was kind of like committed to like an Arceus deck for the tournament, I'd try that out uh, and see if I feel like it it works. And if it works, then I'd probably run with that. If it feels like it works better than the other Arceus decks, um, if not, I think I still like the Arceus Umbreon to on deck a little bit more than Arctina. Not a huge fan of just kind of the linear linearness of Arctina, so I think I'd go with the Arceus Umbreon also because Arceus Umbreon has like a better Guard matchup. I think mm-hmm. we can predict a little bit of a higher percentage from. For, maybe gets up to like around 15 again we'll see and
0: then the last deck to talk about Miraidon made its way onto the day one graphic in uh, milwaukee you think we'll see it on the day one graphic again uh coming up here <laughs> in fresno and what um, list i mean that that's still kind of the big question with Miraidon is like what list should people go with
1: i mean I wouldn't be surprised if it made it to the graphic again, because just because it did this time, I don't know what would really replace it. Maybe ArcTina comes back on the list, or Gudra. I guess would be the other one to come up. But Gudra, no shot. So I guess the only to replace it. But I can see Moridon staying up there. We've seen like some more cool builds coming out. And if I was playing it, I'd play the Marzon build for sure. That just seems like you just like, found
0: if, out about it like twenty yeah. minutes ago.
1: Yeah, but now that I know it exists, I was like, it just makes sense. Like I played against two to <laughs> this tournament in Milwaukee. They both had the Magnazone. One of them had Manaphy. They I dumpstered them with Kyogre Lost Box, anyways. It's like, why would you tech for a auto loss when you could tech against your win, your potential wins, right? Like make your make your 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 that so you can actually play better. against. Yeah, and just like beat every Mew and Lugia and Mirror Match and Arceus X that you just beat all those decks. That sounds like a better time to to me, to be honest. So I like that. I like that Turbo build. I would put a Raichu in though. I think you want the option to be able to one-hit KO something that's a little bit bigger. and Maybe a couple of EXP shares to retain some energy to be able to use it with the Raichu, but... The thing about EXP shares is that the stuff that
0: it's best against, which is really... I mean, I guess it's still... EXP share is going to stay in play against the Arceus decks, I guess. But yeah. against the Mew decks, EXP shares never staying in play, right? I mean, they play 4 Lost vacuum, so that thing's just gone. Yeah.
1: Maybe put a out in there for the Mew matchup then. Sure. about the Mew matchup a little bit. Yeah, something like that. Like I like just like the turbo turboness of the turbo build. <laughs> like I like those that full gotta turbo. Go fast. Yeah, those are like the only things to consider. I think like to help out your prize trading couple in a couple matchups. Like maybe the, um, maybe the Raichu kids so you can hit big numbers. Maybe you want some exp shards to go into that. Exp shards aren't exclusively just to keep energy in play for Raichu, but they can also set up your next attacker and then maybe a drapeon for for the Mew matchup. Unless you already feel like you're kind of bopping Mew pretty consistently. But yeah, I like that something more turbo than the flaffy builds. Or the Reggie, the the lucky VMAX build is nowhere to be seen anymore, it feels like. So those are not the move, I don't think.
0: Yeah, that one tanked real, real hard. Well, as well, I think that covers everything we wanted to talk about in regards to Fresno. And I think from there, we can move on to guess the flavor text. But before we do have to take a second to thank our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Huge thanks, as always, to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Dragon Shield, for those who don't know, makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and so much more. Normally, Azul would insert here and talk about what sleeves he used at the most recent tournament, but your boy played in a tournament this weekend, which means he gets to talk (laughs) about what sleeves he used. That's me. That's right. I used the forest green Dragon Shields. And I was actually a big fan. They felt really clean, felt really good. Didn't have to replace a single sleeve through nine rounds. No, I did only play nine rounds, didn't play all through <laughs> day two like everyone else got to. But I feel pretty good about my uh, sleeves coming off the tournament.
1: Yeah, I actually used the four screens as well myself. One of Let's the Oh, we were I twins. I didn't even know <laughs> I, that. <laughs> I resleeved at some point. I think I resleeved into the four screens. I started with the oh, orange. Oh, dude, you
0: resleeved during the lunch break.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went from orange to. The... To, Which, uh, by the way, for greens, anyone listening, was greens.
0: after round four. Azul was like, you know what? I'm resleeving.
1: I just needed it. I was just feeling a switch up. So we, had to, we went to switch up, got into the Forest Greens, uh, carried me the rest of the way through the tournament. And uh, yeah, huge shout-out to Dragon Shield for uh, sponsoring the podcast. You can go find them at dragonshield.com slash webshop slash EU or US, depending on where you're located. And, of course, they're going to be available everywhere else you go. Uh, card shops, if you had a tournament. You'll be able to find them at one of the uh, the vendors there as well. If you're ever at a yep. tournament, they'll be at the vendors, local card shops, Walmart, Amazon, you name it. They're there. Get yourself some Dragon Shield sleeves. And with that said, uh, Chip, what uh, flavor text am I guessing this week?
0: That's right. It is time for guests That Flavor Text, where each week either Azul or I picks a card, reads the flavor text, and has the other host try to guess which Pokemon that card features it is my turn this week to give Azul a guess I'm currently ahead by four points thanks to a win a few weeks ago so we'll see if Azul can get a little bit of catch up here uh, there are three lifelines that he can use he gets four points if he gets it right without any lifelines for each lifeline he chooses to use he loses a point point. and the lifelines are what set the card is from what stage the card is and read an attack name and if you're ready Azul I think you got a shot at this one I'll, I'll say I think okay. you got a shot
1: I'm ready, Chip. Hit me with it. Because the long
0: hair all over its body obscures its sight, it just keeps charging repeatedly.
1: Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking of... The first one I thought of was the Stoutland, because it's got the long hair covering its eyes. But sounds like a smart Pokemon, um, which I didn't really know until we started doing the flavor text. Like, it's like a a wise Pokemon ever, like the Stoutland.
0: Hang on, give me one second real quick. Okay, go ahead. I refreshed your (laughs) camera because it was, like, kind of freezing. Go ahead.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, I think it's Stoutland, but now I'm also thinking of the the grave Pokemon. I literally (laughs) had one, gravestone, tombstone, and then I forget (laughs) what the evolution is called now, but I remember the evolution last time, I feel like um but i don't know the name of the pokemon because it it's long hair it does have its hair covering it so its you think face. i picked
0: one of the new pokemon
1: um i mean it's possible we could go with what card set the card is from to kind of narrow it down so let's go with that what set the card is from
0: the set this card is from is heart gold soul silver triumphant
1: okay so it's not <laughs> 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 narrowed that down quite a bit so it's not that so read it again for me go ahead one more yeah, time sure. give me that
0: because the long hair all over its body obscures its sight, it just keeps charging repeatedly.
1: Long. Now I'm thinking of, like, what long, what Pokemon has long hair obscures its sight? It keeps charging repeatedly. But this is Harkle till Silver. For some reason, I was thinking of uh Primape's evolution, because in my head, it, I imagine it's hair to be Annihilate, but that's also not. No. Gold Soul Silver, Triumphant, Long hair covering its body, covering its vision. I mean, I think there is a Stoutland back then. It does have long hair and it covers its body. And then there might be a Herdier as well. And now I'm the the lot. The basic is named like Pup something. What is it? What is the basic called? Something. I know it's it was like li- super relevant. Little pup. Little pup um so I, i've maybe decided from
0: be... here on out when Azul's just just struggling with a pokemon's name i'm gonna just tell him what it is
1: <laughs> i might go with stoutland here because that's all that i can think of of a pokemon with long hair i know there was a black and white nobody said this was hard Soul silver
0: hard gold Soul, silver uh, so it's before black uh, and white
1: before black and white hard Soul silver pokemon when did stoutland start to exist Azul? i don't know go ahead read me the <laughs> flavor text one more time just one more time and more... That's a decent... oh the
0: triple read okay, okay. Because the long hair all over its body obscures its sight, it just keeps charging repeatedly.
1: All right, what stage is the card? It is a stage one. A, so it probably isn't. What? Give me an attack name. We're going to go through all of them. Blizzard. Blizzard. Oh, it could be long hair. Well now you said blizzards and I'm thinking Obama Snow, but I don't know, I don't think Obama Snow has hair. Oh man, this one's a mess. I don't know. So some kind of ice Pokemon or water. Some kind of ice Pokemon with blizzard, long hair. Uh oh, is it the Oh the stage one? Oh, it's Swine Ub Pillow Swine. It's is pyloswine Azul. Oh, Piloswine. <laughs> Let's you go! You got it. Let's go. Azul gets a believe... point! I
0: Piloswine was gonna say... It does look
1: like it's charging endlessly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say... um the other attack name hammer in but you were really struggling so i decided to throw <laughs> you a bone with blizzard and I it never... ended up helping you it got you there Zool. it
1: did i never would have got if you had said hammer in i never would have got it so <laughs> now what you're only two points up on me
0: bro i was up four you just oh, got you're up one. three
1: i got one oh no i only got you're up three you're up three i'm up three you're up three all right Uh, yeah, we are running a little bit long on this one, but I I feel like every time we say that, the comment section is always like, "I like the longer episodes." Yeah, the problem here is is
0: that after we're done with this longer episode, we got to record for thirty more minutes for the Patreon now. So,
1: I mean, that's fine. I got uh, it is. is. I got time. I know it's getting a little bit late for you, but yeah, brother. Um, so let's talk about Peldea Evolved then. Let's just uh, talk a little bit about Pelda Evolved. We'll definitely talk a lot, a little bit more about it, or a lot more about it in the weeks leading up to NAIC, of course um <clears throat> but uh we kind of covered everything else this format's of course getting a little bit stale as well so let's talk about some new cards and then i mean we kind of made a little bit of a list here so we can start with the number one card coming out of the set iono
0: without a and, doubt
1: uh, i mean i don't know if there's that much to say about it it's a comeback card we haven't seen one of these in a while i think it's gonna have a big impact on the game from what we've seen from japan's format and taiwan it really seems to have just enabled guardy to be the bdif more so than anything but I'm definitely looking at this card as more so of a fixer of the future of the game, as opposed to the immediate next format when it comes out.
0: I mean, I think it's a little of both, honestly. Like, I mean, this is a card that's gonna—I don't, yeah, sure, it's not gonna like. I guess I see what you're saying. It's not gonna like fix the format, but I don't think this format is terrible by any means. This oh, I don't think so feels, either. I'm just saying it's not format... gonna be.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see the bigger impact of this kind this card in uh, like a rotation from now. Sure. Yeah, a couple more sets.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a card that I think is going to be a three to four of in almost every deck for Mm -hmm. as long as it's in format. The exceptions being stuff like Lost Box, I guess, right? I think the exceptions being
1: maybe like next format. Because from what we've seen from Taiwan and Japan, there's not that much Iono, and there's like one or two in most decks that aren't Lost Zone decks.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. So like Chiang Pao plays two, Lost Tina plays one to two. Our Came on a little plays, strong like, with my prediction there. Yeah. I've yeah. is playing mind. four, though. Guardy is playing four. And it does kind of make sense when you look at the list and you look at, like, oh, okay, if these decks are still good, it makes sense that they wouldn't play a ton. So like I said, I think for us to get to the point where we are playing four of these in every single deck, we are like a rotation away, maybe. Or maybe two or three sets down the line will change that as well. Now, Actually, we're only like would... a set away from rotation. So,
0: Do you think rotation. you would like a format where this card is a four of in most decks?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, if the other decks are interesting, I guess we don't really need that. I am um, a little bit tired of the Lawson engine at this point, and Mew, uh, and Lugia. So <laughs> I am like, I definitely so if it, if it means there's four of Ionos and decks to kind of freshen things up a little bit, I'm kind of down for that.
0: Yeah, I almost wonder if this is even going to be played in Mew, right? Like,
1: maybe a one hard it's probably better than Roxanne, right? Because it's better early. Because because yeah. you still have Genesect. So in the late game, it's still you both go to two cards maybe, but like you don't care. You're gonna draw back up a Genesect, right? Sure. So you probably won't play Roxanne anymore,
0: but like Judge is still gonna be played. Yeah, yeah. Be because like, like that's I your whole know. strategy is to try to leave your opponent with less cards in the early game.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Spirit Team's coming. out. I don't know how good Mew actually will be with Spirit Team coming out. Sure. Um, but I could see it. Of course, the oh. biggest card I think from the set probably gonna bring us to. The... The be- it won't be the best deck in the format, but it'll be the best deck from this set will definitely be Chien Piao Back Excalibur, I think.
0: Yeah, and we've seen that already with the results from Taiwan. It did pretty well when combined as well with the origin form Palkia V Star. Um he yeah, I mean, I most think of the time. I-, I recognized when I first read this card that it was really strong, but I just didn't think it was gonna be like super, super played just because of where I felt like the format was, but I think I might be a little wrong about that, to be honest. Yeah,
1: it felt I had the same feeling. It felt kind of like Bad Maridon. I think it mm-hmm. is slightly better Maridon, but I actually don't think that the card is that good because I think your Guardy matchup is bad, and I think Guardi's by far the best deck in the format, or like not by far, but solidly the best deck in the format. I think Guardy solidly the best deck in the format. So if you're you have an unfavorable Guardy matchup, why would you play the deck? I think I've been I've been I worked on a build uh last week before milwaukee and i've been seeing some other builds come out with like canceling cologne and cross switchers and stuff like that or even heavy boss counts so you can actually use greninja aggressively to actually get ahead in the prize trade against stuff like guardy and lost box um i think that's the route we'll see lists kind of evolve into is like you know you're have Irida in there you can kind of cherry pick a lot of a lot of things out of your deck so we'll kind of see that's i think we'll we'll see the evolution goes like you, abusing greninja to get ahead in the prize trade which makes sense Yeah,
0: totally, totally. A couple other trainer cards that I think we could mention. There's several, honestly, and other ones that I didn't even write down here on this list, but uh, one I want to mention is Artisan Stadium card. Uh, We've seen played a little bit in some of the decks in Japan and Taiwan. Uh, Just lets you search a deck for a basic that does not have a rule box and put it directly onto your bench. Just a generally solid setup card can make your turn ones a little bit better. I don't know. I I feel like, once we get to a format where battle VIP pass doesn't exist, this card gets a lot better, but yeah. even right now, this seems okay.
1: Yeah. Especially if like you're like, we've seen some guardy lists choose to play this over nest balls because it's a counter stadium plus a Pokemon search card. Right. So mm-hmm. get the multi use out of it. there, kind of, and Guardy's like a deck that deck. you don't
0: really care if your opponent sets up, you just want to set up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some, yeah, you don't really care too much if your opponent sets up, maybe it's lost sure. box and you're not over the moon about it, but yeah, it's definitely not as big of a deal for sure. <clears throat> Um, but I think the biggest story for the trainer cards besides the Iona is definitely the recovery cards that we're getting back, which is the Super Rod, which is, I mean, one of the, I think this is like an underrated reason why Guardi is, or maybe it is the reason and we just, maybe people just haven't mentioned as much, like Iona is definitely a big deal for Guardi, but I think Super Rod. Iona's be, the
0: flashy reason.
1: Yeah, but Super Rod is like the... Maybe the actual reason why Guardi is going to be so much better at combos with recovering your Pokemon super aggressively. You don't have to Miriam or Clara and take your turn off of playing a supporter. Now you get to Super Rod and then Iono your opponent, down to like a three or a four card hand uh, while recovering the Pokemon you needed. And then it also combos really cool with really well with the Shiny Arcana Guard Orb, where you can like just put back like three basic energy and then just use the Guard Orb and attach two basic energy for turn. From that um, to whatever Pokemon. That's why i have been seeing kind of like the counter box Guardi deck that's been being played, where it's like it has one Guardi X in there to maybe charge up Mewtwo Union at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You don't even need the Guardi X. You're just kind of like a a four or a quad reversal energy deck. And then you have like Super Rod to yeah. enable the so, Shiny Arcana.
0: Super Rod's just super strong. And I think it'll be similar to what we've seen from it in the past, whenever it's been in standard formats of the past, where it's a very consistent one of in about 60 to 80 percent of the decks in the format. I think that's going yeah. to be the truth for super odd, pretty much as long as it is standard legal, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we'll see some of the decks abuse it more like the guardy or like the Yeah, Lost Box. And in Lost Box specific I think in combo like you go like Pokestop now, like Pokestop gets super odd, it gets Nest Ball. Like you can just like Pokestop through your whole deck super aggressively with Lost Box now and just find these item cards and pull together your combos. Because like without the Claw, we still been seeing a lot of Clara in Lost Box in Taiwan and Japan um from those big tournaments but i feel like that's probably wrong i think more super rod more pokestop that combo right there is just kind of insane
0: yeah i think the thing can be when you're trying to chain stabilize you just need to get it back in your hand right and yeah, car just does that for you gets you the pokemon and the energy card right back to your hand so you're ready to lost mine right away
1: yeah i could see it but yeah
0: super rod we'll definitely see how really it develops good. <clears throat> we'll see and then the superior energy retrieval is another big one. Discard two cards from your hand, and then put four basic energy cards from your discard pile into your hand. So great energy recovery for energy flood decks like the backscalibur. Um, There's probably some other random things that'll pick up with this. Um, there's other like energy flood type abilities in the format, right? There's like the uh, the cherum or something like that. So maybe something cool can come up with that in the future um, because maybe of the existence of this a... card.
1: Inteleon like a more Inteleon V Max focus deck where you play this to recover like yeah, four yeah. energy. Set up four Inteleon V Max, play the Superior, recover all your energy. um Usually energy retrieval gets you there, so probably not. But I think this is like this is a really powerful card, but it's obviously not. It's not. It's not like a staple like a Super Rod, but it's a super powerful card. We'll definitely see a lot of it in the future for sure. A few more Pokemon. This one I'm kind of excited
0: to try out, and I don't know that it's going to be amazing right away, but I think that there will be a time for this card. And that is Ting Lu EX with the Cursed Ground ability. If this Pokemon is in your active spot and your opponent's Pokemon, or sorry, your opponent's, if this Pokemon is in your active spot, your <laughs> opponent's Pokemon with damage counters on them have no abilities. Oh, excluding, excluding Pokemon, Pokemon EX.
1: Pokemon. Wait, you didn't know that? How did this I card not know would that? Probably be broken if it didn't have that. Or if it, if it didn't have that I don't think it would clause. be broken, but it would be super good. <clears throat> It'd be better. Okay, yeah, that's true. Maybe not broken. Yeah, this um, got yeah, a lot I think the worse. Big thing... Okay, now it makes sense why no one else is <laughs> excited about this card. I think, there is a, I think there's a possibility Oops. for this to come around eventually. Um, yeah, at yeah. first, I thought it was only basic Pokemon. So when I learned that it could shut off stuff like V-Star powers, like Arceus and Lugia, and they can even shut off Arceops afterwards, I was like, oh, this thing's way better than I thought it was. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not sold. The energy cost on the attack, you're just not putting that much pressure on. Um, yeah. and it's hard for you to consistently put on pressure. Three fighting energy for only 150 damage. He's just not a lot, right? So I think that's where it's kind of uh its shortcomings are is through its very awkward, awkwardly costly attack. Also, four retreat costs. Like why why does it need to have four retreat costs? That's just like well, he's a big boy. I mean, yeah, he's got a feels... big old bowl
0: on his head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Ting Lu could be good, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like it'll it'll ha- it's not gonna be a consistent factor in the meta. I don't think it'll be one of those decks that pops up and maybe wins a regional, you know, someone gets the right timing down with it, which would be cool to see. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not going to be a consistent factor in the format.
0: Next card to talk about is the Wojian EX that combos with the Fortress. I think Fortress obviously is the one that stands to be a little bit stronger, but Wojian is pretty solid, devouring Ivy, Grass, Grass Colorless, 60 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon for each prize your opponent has taken. And of course, Fortress EX.
1: Is that how you pronounce Fortress? Fortress?
0: Fortress,
1: yeah. I'm pretty
0: sure. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I need to double check that though, but. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Fortress EX with its explosive energy ability. Once during your turn, you may search your deck for five basic grass energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon in any way that you like, then shuffle your deck. If you search your deck in this way, this Pokemon is knocked out. I actually think it's kind of cool that it's worded like this because. I I just like thought of this as I was reading it just now. And I don't think there's any reason you would do this currently, but there could theoretically at some point be a reason and a way that you would put energy cards onto Fortress EX and then it gets knocked out. Then those energy cards go to your discard pile. Now you've activated energy cards from your discard pile potentially if there's something to combo there.
1: Yeah. I mean, there'd definitely be some combos for sure. The initial combos from it are seemingly lacking. We do have a decent amount of grass, like the pokemon Like, Shaman is something that might see play with this. Shaman V-Star does more damage for each prize card your opponent's taken. Um, and obviously, these combos with, like, Iona or even Roxanne, right? If you, like, pop two... If you go first and pop two fortress, turn two, and then Roxanne your opponent to two, and then knock out their most relevant Pokémon, that's not bad, to be honest. That <laughs> probably puts you in a pretty good spot. You can even pat them as well, so that but it might just be kind of a cheesy combo deck right it's just like you hope to go first combo turn 2 and then uh that your that's all your deck does right we also see something like Diancie being a playable card in here to slow like if you go second throw that up as your first pokemon they have to KO one prizer then you fortress then you Roxanne and then you kind of take over from there so but yeah fortress uh fortress is good Wu Wuchien is kind of just a card to combo with it um we might have to wait for some better grass attackers to really get, have this thing get off the ground if it is ever going to get off the ground though as far as a competitive deck
0: mahone made a video where there was like a tabletop game where someone was playing wochi and it was jesse parker and the other <laughs> pokemon in the deck that was like the other attacker was slacking uh v oh yeah just does <laughs> 260 damage right yeah And he was playing Path of the Peak and Iona, right? So, I mean, it's just like a hard hitter. So that's the other cool thing about this is that it does not have to go to Grass Pokemon. It does have to be Grass Energy, so that limits what you can do with it a lot, but it's probably good that that's how it is because if this could just get any basic energy out of the deck? That'd be like, too good, yeah. Yeah, that would be a little too good. So I mean, and that's what I like when they do stuff like this. Like they make a really powerful effect, but like give it to one type. So you have to kind of yeah, yeah, work with that. You know, I don't like stuff like Artisan where it's just like yeah, go get your basic for anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely like it when they do. They're like a little bit limiting with the uh, what what types can take advantage of the card. Um, one card that has no types to be able to take advantage of, but I think that's probably fine. Is uh, you got the squawkabilly ex. Uh, and the reason this card is gonna be good because of its ability, which says once in your turn during your first turn, um, you may discard your hand and draw six cards. So, a little bit flashbacks of uh, Dedene with this one, but it is limited to your first turn, but it's a little bit more powerful than a Dedene's ability, where Dedene was when you played it from your hand, squawkabilly is just during your turn, so you could like bend Ability, play research, use squawkabilly's ability, discard your hand draw six go from there right So a little bit more flexibility but it has to be on your first turn so it very much is a turn one explosive setup pokemon uh but i i think this is like pretty well balanced right it doesn't feel like this could get out of control like the shaman or Dedenne's kind of did i guess Shaymin was kind of necessary because of mega ray but
0: yeah i think this is something that it, it could go crazy with some like turbo go second do something crazy turn one type deck right like A Maraidon or something like that, where you just want to burn through the deck, get your generators, get energy cards in play, and then blow up whatever your opponent's active Pokemon
1: is. Yeah, but I feel like it's squishy enough and limiting enough where it's like it'll, it'll, it feels balanced. And it has a pretty decent
0: attack, too, to be honest. That energy flow, 20 damage, and then attach two basic energy cards from your discard pile to one of your Pokemon. So, I mean, hey, you're going first. And you start your squawk ability <laughs> we can use that uh energy flow oh and that is the other nice thing as well is like starting to dene and shaman was always so terrible if you start this thing you <laughs> still get to use it it's actually like maybe one of your yeah. best starters now all of a sudden right
1: yeah so yeah that's what i'm saying it feels balanced it helps you get off the ground on that first turn but then from there you know it is the drawback is it's going to be useless but it's like a one-up in a couple decks it doesn't seem like it's being played initially over in japan at all except in ting lu decks to get the energy in the discard pile to ride on it to the ting lu there's so many steps to actually get that thing attacking it's insane but <laughs> uh, i think it, 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 this will see play right there's no way this is a very powerful ability shirts sure, only on the first turn but we'll definitely run to some decks that uh, eventually use squawk ability to great effect
0: and we've got a bunch of special oh i i just scrolled past this do you want to say anything keep about? Screw, nah, keep scrolling
1: keep going keep going okay. Keep going.
0: united wings wings of union come on man let, let someone dream <laughs> So, we do have four special energies coming out. Uh, we got zero new special energies in Scarlet Violet base set, but they're making up for it here. I think special energy is one of my like favorite classifications of cards because I don't know, they just typically they, they, it's one of the classifications that like any deck can utilize theoretically, and they're always coming up with new ideas, right? Coming up with new things. Um, and we have a little bit of that here with the jet energy when you attach this card from your hand to one of your bench Pokemon, switch that Pokemon with your active pokemon um honestly like all four of these special energies are pretty good so we've got that one we've got well i don't know if i'd say therapy energy is good it has an effect that's about it <laughs> it's an okay card yeah that's okay sure 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 but it does something unique that uh interacts with a relevant deck in the format currently right um With the Lugia V-Star. So we got Luminous Energy. As long as this card is attached to Pokemon, it provides every type of energy, but only one at a time. We got our Rainbow Energy, but if the Pokemon this card is attached to has any other special energy attached to it, it provides one Colorless Energy instead. We've got Reversal Energy, which while it's attached to a Pokemon, it provides one Colorless. And if you have more prize cards remaining than your opponent... This card is attached to an evolution Pokemon that doesn't have a rule box. It provides three additional or three types of any energy instead. Uh, so this oh. is, I think, obviously the biggest one. And then the therapy energy, just real quick. The Pokemon it's attached to you can't be asleep, confused, or paralyzed. I didn't realize it <laughs> could still be poisoned or burned, but okay. Sure. <laughs> why, did, why didn't we <laughs> just get, make it get rid of all special conditions?
1: <laughs> That'd be too good. They might come out with like a I don't know a, a cleansing energy or something, and then it gets rid of poison, Burn, confused, or something. I I think that might be what happens, but yeah, the therapy energy can be okay. in like Lugia, we've seen people running with Snorlax, yeah, they remove this sleep from the Snorlax. But if your Snorlax isn't getting KO'd, are you just not winning anyways? I don't know. Um, so there's that. Luminous energy as well as like not been super well played. Um, it's one of those cards that we could definitely see. Like there's been like some weird box type decks in the past where you like have like Malamar with a bunch of different types of attackers with like rainbow energy to enable the attackers. That's why yeah. I think luminous energy would fit in some kind of deck like that or, or like Aurora, Aurora energy
0: and... welder decks. I remember that. For yeah, a while. exactly.
1: Stuff like that. That's where luminous energy, where I think will fit eventually, We don't really have a, a spot for it right now though. Um, Or it can be played as like a one of in Lugia to enable Charizard again, radiant Charizard. But we kind of saw that come and go in Japan. Like the first, the first time in Japan that that was a, available as an option, they played it now everyone's back to the single strike stuff so i don't know it didn't really seem like it stuck around
0: yeah we have seen some colorless lugia decks doing pretty well though with the weird ear and the jet energy just getting that guy into the active and then loading a ton of energy cards on it and just nuking from orbit whatever your opponent has in the active spot um and jet energy also works with that snorlax thing like we were saying so that's something cool like you can jet energy to an archaeops it's got one retreat just retreat right back into your snorlax you're good to go so, yeah, I think Jet Energy, Reversal Energy are definitely the two we'll see the most of immediately coming out of the format. Um, I think that's all the main cards we wanted to talk about. I'm sure there's something else here that we're missing. There's a lot of exciting things in this set. This feels like, overall, a solid set. I don't think it's, like, an amazing top-tier set. I think and Pao seems no. pretty good, but
1: a solid, solid set for sure. I would say this seems like a solid set in terms of like in a vacuum like Pokemon TCG cards coming out that like seem cool and interesting but I think competitive format wise it does very little to like nothing besides Pao, which is like kind of unfortunate like it makes Guardy better well a lot of trainers like, well yeah but like none, none of them actually impact anything like lost like Guardy's gonna be tier one now it was already could've, could've they been all already impact be a tier stuff one stuff yeah but you like, like it's called Garty meta- tier
0: three deck 30 minutes yeah, ago Yeah,
1: but, but it doesn't change anything like Guardy just goes from tier three by like four points and now it's just the tier one it's a tier S deck Lost Box is still a deck it just got a little got new options Champ like the only new deck. Like basically nothing changes. Like we don't get anything new or fresh. Like really, it's like Champ like, like it. Um, we get Wings of
0: Union, Unity. From, from, from what United I can see. Yes, yeah, I'm
1: saying that's what I'm saying. Like that's a cool card that's coming out, but it's not going to impact the competitive meta. That's what I'm saying. The competitive format is going to stay bro. roughly the same, um, overall. But yeah, Reverse Energy definitely the biggest one there. Enables more options. Great things for Guardy. We've seen it in Lugia with the Luxray. Ray, but. Um, yeah, I'm not too hype on this set. I think we're like a rotation away from, or, or even two rotations away from being like hype again. Because it feels, it's, it's, it's draining on like the Lost Zone stuff. Lugia is still here. Mew still here. It's just a little bit draining at this point.
0: <clears throat> We've already kind of talked about which decks gain the most from this set, but do you think there's any deck that like suffers a lot from anything coming out in this set? Like does something that comes out in the set makes, like the fact that Gardevoir is going to be good, is that really bad for any other archetype?
1: Um, uh, I mean Spirit comes out, so Mew, Mew probably suffers the most just based on that. Another thing <laughs> that Mew just doesn't, that just like auto-wins Mew sometimes. Uh, I think Arceus decks probably suffer quite a bit from how much better Guardi becomes, I would say. I would say that'd be like a reasonable analysis of it. Um yeah, I don't know too much to be honest. I don't know too much about that, to be honest. I don't know what really is gonna be hit the hit the hardest. I think anything that struggled against Guardi is just kind of obliterated from the format because of how much better is gonna be.
0: Well, Azul, do you got any other thoughts on Paldea Evolved or Fresno coming up? Anything else you want to share that we haven't?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that kind of covers all my thoughts.
0: I think in the bonus episode this week, we've got some questions that we're going to be going through that people asked over on the Patreon. Shoutouts again, and thank you to those who've already signed up. And uh, also, we're going to be talking about some exciting new upcoming things that Azul and I have planned for the future of the podcast. Something we're going to be working on Uh, as early as this week even so if you want to hear about that you feel free to check out the patreon of course no obligation to but we really appreciate anyone who wants to show us that little additional support we're going to get into that bonus episode in just a moment but for now we're going to send everyone else out of here thanks so much as always for listening if you did enjoy please be sure to leave a rating fastest and easiest way to support a podcast that is totally free and if you want to stay connected to us, the best place is over on Twitter. Myself at Chip Ritchie, Azul at Azul GG, Azul underscore GG, sorry. And uh, the podcast is at uncommon underscore energy.
1: for the support. As always, good luck to anyone going to uh, Fresno uh, this weekend. Or I believe there's also a special event in, uh, where was Where's the special event? There's supposed to be South special Africa, event. or is that in next South week? South Africa. No, there's one this week and next week, I think. So <clears throat> the former will be finally closed out next week. Um, but yeah, the last regional is this weekend in Fresno, and then we'll catch you all next week, 7 a.m. on uh, Tuesdays. See you for now.